here guess who's back back again i know what the fuck's going on where the hell have we been right we've just been in hiding the whole entire time don't worry that's right you heard the intro it's time it's time your boys are back for a brand new episode of the in time wrestling podcast it's been a very 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 interesting i can say month now not even year not even week it's been like a month. This month has been fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, of course, the big news. We're just going to hop right into it here. The big news Vince McMahon retired. 77. All this talk about him selling his stocks and everything else, which supposedly means that he just hasn't. Like, he has no, like, ownership of the company anymore. I don't know what's going on with this whole thing. All I know is Vince is finally out, and Triple H is taking over his positions and more. Stephanie's co-CEO with Nick Khan, like, Vince's corporate yes-men are going out the fucking door. Like, I have said it so many times during this whole thing right now, is I thank Vince McMahon. I do. We've given him shit. Before we even had the show, we've given him shit. Yeah. But I thank the man. I do. I mean, for Christ's sakes, my Twitter profile is a picture of Vince McMahon saying, don't worry, I'll fuck it up. He's... I thank the man because if WWE didn't become this big, like, huge fucking thing that it is today, I honestly don't believe my wrestling fandom exists without watching WWE. Like, we've seen the games, like, we played the games, like, at a young age... And we had the magazines and all this stuff like that. And it's just like, we knew what it was. I mean, shit, I still have action figures in my closet. Right? Like, but if WWE didn't get as big as it did, I don't think my wrestling fandom exists. Definitely. I don't think so. Like, Vince is the reason why we all became wrestling fans. Like, more more than 90% of us, our wrestling fandom started from WWE. Yeah. Easily. And then we branched off into whatever the fuck we've watched nowadays. Like, yeah. it's the same thing for everybody. Branched off into TNA and Lucha Underground and now AEW and yeah. New Japan. And, and you just, a lot of ROH. people are still branching off into just different stuff, you know? Like GCW and CZW, yeah. if you want to go that freaking deep. Like, Pro, Pro Wrestling Noah. Right? And, you got all these different fucking promotions, but it's like... Your fandom starts at Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's it most of to, us. It has to start somewhere. Yeah, and, and we've a, all and said. The vast it. majority of the fan base started with WWE. Yes, and I know there was a lot of people that when Triple H took over, they were like, "Everything's going to change immediately." You know, shit's not going to change yeah, immediately. It, it, that's that's just not how things work. It's going to take time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going be, to take time. It's going to be slow. It's going to 
take time, but when it actually starts making a difference, you're going to notice. Oh, damn straight, we're going to notice. Like, yeah, that was pretty much the primary big news. Like, I can't even, like, remember most of the other stuff. Like, it was just that right there. Like, I didn't think I'd ever see that day. Never. I thought, like, it wouldn't come down to this of Vince walking away from it. I thought it would be from other reasons. Like, especially with these whole accusations going on and all this shit, I figured this would have some play into it, which it kind of did. I believe it. I, at least I honestly believe it did. Yeah. But, holy shit, I figured it would be other stuff. That he would that he would finally get up and leave, but, holy shit. I, I did not know that I would see this day. So... We, we got, we were, we're gonna have really like a lot of shows to cover this week for us because you know we we're, we don't have to bother doing Raw or SmackDown like Raw. Primarily, it was again Raw and SmackDown both were primarily built to SummerSlam. They're going. Sure. Yeah, the only really like thing to talk about on SmackDown was Drew and Sheamus. Which, my god, that match was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. But again, it was like, why did we have to go this far with it? It was clearly obvious Drew was going to go. And it was like, the only reason you're doing this is because you would just enjoy watching the two of them beat beat each other up. Like, But you knew Drew was going. And the thing is, is like, if they were going to go this... If they were going to go that far, they, they should have just went the extra mile and put it on SummerSlam. That's what I said, too. I just said that with Ricky Goldman, talking about that during the SummerSlam. was like, the SummerSlam review on his show, we were like, maybe they should have just saved it. Like, yeah, I didn't fucking need it. Like, I didn't need the match. Like, I knew Drew was going. Yeah. But if you wanted to give me this match on, on, on SummerSlam just because... Drew and Sheamus having a dope ass yeah, match. Make, make it the same exact match you had it on SmackDown, and it probably would have. They had, went thirty minutes on SmackDown. It probably would have even done more at this point. Exactly. Just give give us exactly what we got on SmackDown, but on, the next day on on SummerSlam in front of the forty eight thousand right. people that were there. Mm-hmm. It, Do you see people bitching and complaining? And making fun of the fact that they didn't fully sell out the arena, and some of it was tarped off. People were like, "They tarped, they didn't sell out the entire arena." No shit. Fucking. The stadium holds like seventy to eighty thousand people. They're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna sell out eighty thousand people for a SummerSlam. I mean, if they could have. If it's WrestleMania, sure. I mean, they could have if they wanted to. I mean, they just had to fucking build the right card. But this just wasn't the card that was gonna bring in eighty thousand plus. Yeah. So, but again, fucking get over yourselves with your bullshit. Like, you're not fucking cool because you point out tarped off fucking areas. Like, you're just stupid at that point. So, Raw and SmackDown off the table. Honestly, I thought both shows were actually middle of the road. Like, I thought they were both better than what they've been lately. Yeah. Like, definitely sure. better than what Especially they were. Especially SmackDown. Like, holy shit. SmackDown was actually, like, tolerable. Like, SmackDown as of late was, like, so hard to get through. I mean, yeah. But, like, now I'm just, like, last week's episode, or I should say two days ago's episode, I'm, like, it wasn't all that bad to sit through. 
and yes, it is Sunday that we are recording this, so, but it's just, it was so much, they were both middle of the road, but better than what they were, that they have been, honestly, because as of late, they've been ass, like, legitimately ass, Mm -hmm. but they were watchable, they were both, like, Raw felt like it flew, SmackDown, of course, being two hours, the show flies by in, like, no time. So, we don't have to bother really going deep into those. So, we'll start off with NXT. Show kicked off with Zoe Stark, which we didn't get to talk about last week. Battle Royal last week for the number one contendership to face Mandy Rose. Zoe Stark, I'm guessing, was the the person behind the QR codes. Zoe Stark is back, and I'm fucking happy as hell that she's back. She won the Battle Royal last week for a number one contendership to face Mandy Rose. She came out here pretty much telling how happy she was to be back, and then proceeds to get interrupted by Cora Jade. Like, okay, why is Cora out here? Who gives a shit what the hell she has to say at this point? She's involved in probably one of the biggest fucking flops already that NXT could ever have. Like, so nobody gives a fuck what she has to say. Toxic Attraction proceed to walk out there. And of course, Mandy Rose gives us the fucking sweet little gem that she's about to become the fourth longest reigning NXT Women's Champion by overtaking Paige. Oh boy. Didn't you just feel the fucking glee radiating off me? If that doesn't give you fucking, they're just trying to erase Paige fucking thing because she's leaving. That's all that gave me. I don't don't think it's that. I think it is. I honestly feel like it is. I feel like they're just trying to erase Paige. It's just disappointing. I'm not into this Mandy Rose fucking title reign. It needs to come to an end soon. Like, I haven't enjoyed a second of it. I really haven't. But the problem is, and you know... Yes, we both I, we both have agreed uh, with, with this whole thing. Zoe winning last week... Yes, last week, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Zoe winning last week was great to see. But, there is an issue here. If Zoe Stark does not win this championship our main thing is why are we dragging it out we more than likely know that if you don't somehow come up with a creative decision that says this person's taking the title off of Mandy we 99 all we, not all of us 99% sure we know at this point who's taking the title off of Mandy Yeah, it's Nikita. clearly going to be Nikita if Zoe Stark doesn't win this, why are we dragging it out? It doesn't make fucking sense. You literally had the opportunity to have her win the Battle Royal, but you gave it to Zoe. But if Zoe goes into this match and loses this match, I have zero fucking reason as to, like, any kind of conclusion as to why we're dragging this out. It doesn't make sense either way. Because, one, like you just said, if Zoe doesn't win, why are we dragging it out? Why don't we just get... Mandy and Nikita done and over with and give Nikita the title. 
But if they do give it to Zoe and what in some small minuscule chance that they actually do, mm-hmm. why? Zoe Stark doesn't fit this current scheme in NXT. She doesn't. I don't care what anybody says. In my opinion, Zoe Stark should be on the main roster. Because she doesn't fit. She doesn't need training. I know. She doesn't need the the like the extra build up. She's great in the ring. She sure she's a little subpar on the mic. She's got basic but, promo skills. Like she's very basic. Exactly. She she's very basic. But she does like you can learn how to do a promo on the main roster. She's at least seventy five to ninety percent there. Call her up. It, especially she for doesn't what need to be here. Right now, it it shows that she doesn't fit here because of what we saw at SummerSlam. Yeah. Right now. And it shows you one thing, but we'll get to that when we get there. Like, you're either going to give her a run just because she's the only fucking black and gold woman left and kind of maybe you should just give her a run because maybe you should. Or you're just dragging out the fucking inevitable... Which I don't know why you're dragging it out. It just doesn't make fucking sense to me. Yeah, like, we we all know that Nikita Lyons is, like, the the shining star in NXT right now. All the fucking higher-ups love her. Every fucking... All the officials and executives backstage are fucking mm-hmm. impressed with her. So why are we dragging it out? Just get it done and over with. We know. Nikita is winning... So don't fucking drag it out anymore. Just give her the title. It's... it's. Give her the title. Call fucking Toxic Attraction up to the main roster. Because we know as soon as they lose, they're going up. I mean, I... I wanted... I want Zoe to have a run. I do. I think she can handle it for a little bit. But it's like... I... I'm starting to see people say that I think Mandy Rose's title run is getting drug out way too much. Because it is. It really they're, is. They're trying to suck it dry. Like, her title run should whatever, not... They're trying to suck it dry of, like, whatever they can. Like, her title run should generally not have been this long right now. Yeah. Like, it's been way too long. And it... Again, I don't care if it's only me that says this. I haven't enjoyed a second of it. I haven't. I really don't. I don't enjoy it. I'm not... I, I'm not in the same boat as everybody else because I know why you like Mandy. Like, I know why people like Mandy. But I, I, I want more than that. And I'm not getting anything else from that. I'm still not. I want this over with because it's just... It, it's it's stale. It's, go, it's running dry. Yeah, it's, like, I enjoyed it personally for the first, like three to four weeks. But then it just got going with the same thing over and over again. Mandy would just win because of fucking toxic attraction, distraction, bars. I should uh. call a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyway. It just, got, it just kept going over and over and over again. And it's still doing that. And it's... And even if it's not a toxic distraction... Toxic Toxic attraction distraction, that's a fucking bar and a half. That's a tongue twister and a bar. (laughs) Uh, 
now I lost my trip. Oh, if it's not a, let's just say Gigi or JC, so I don't yes. tongue twist myself. <laughs> if, they, if those two are not distracting or getting involved in the match, it's someone else. There's always yeah. some sort of distraction. I honestly don't think Mandy's won a match, like her, any of her matches, without interference. I'm trying to remember if she won that. She didn't even win the fucking title. She didn't even win the title without interference. I'm trying to remember if she, was the was the fatal four way match with Cora and Eo and Alba and Eo. Eo was that clean? I don't think there was any distraction for that. I don't know. I don't remember. That was too far ago. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not going to remember that because I haven't enjoyed it. <laughs> like, seriously, I haven't enjoyed this. This has just literally been, honestly, if I had to say it, boring. Like, it's been pretty boring. I won't even say it was boring. It's. Just, I think it has for me. It hasn't been boring. It's just been frustrating. Because it's just like the same thing over and over again. Like yeah. I've said before. A little bit ago. It, it needs to... It's just... It's repetitive. And Zoe Stark is not the person. It's just... It sucks because In my like, opinion, I don't... You, I know you said that you think Zoe Stark could run a division. I don't think she can. She gives me massive vibes of just like... The... The sidekick. Or the... Just like the, the good hands to have. I don't think she can run a division. That's what sucks to say that because I... I want her to really, you know, I want her to at least have one run with it, just something, but it's like, I, again, like we've been talking about, I don't get why we drag it out if she doesn't win. I don't get why she won then. Yeah, like, I got, like, I got so annoyed. Like, I was so happy to see Zoe back, because, like, it was almost like they gave it away as soon as... They, as soon as Zoe came out, they were just like, "Well, I wonder who's gonna win the battle well, royal." No, like, not that. Like the vin- they showed a vignette right before the battle royal, and it was yeah. like, "Okay, well, it's Zoe." <laughs> okay, they just gave it away because what other woman on the NXT roster wears kick pads? Yeah, I guess it's but just. It's like I just I still don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. Like I said, I, I, I hope she wins it because just just to be different, just to prove that we're not all right. But it's like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't. And if Zoe loses, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why we're dragging it out. Like, I, people are starting to turn off on Toxic Attraction and it's like, strike now before everyone just gets like oh my god why oh my god why like it, it's starting to get drawn out a little too much so but then we ended up finding out that we were getting gg versus zoe stark later because zoe tried to have mandy defend the title that night gg's like i'll make sure that you're your dreams are nightmares and stuff like that, and then we ended up having the match later on. We had Grayson Waller, which we found out was going to face Wes Lee. I thought this match was great until it got ruined by Carmelo Hayes, or by a fucking trick. trick. Yeah. Like, it was just... 
it was it was going good and it felt like it was starting to pick up and then Trick gets involved and it was just over and I'm like, son of a bitch, really? Like I'm not feeling the Trick Wesley thing. I'm really not. I don't know who really is. Like I get the point is to try to, you know, give Trick something so he doesn't just always look like a sidekick, but like. But the problem is, is that Trick just isn't interesting. Yes. By himself. Yeah, no, he's not. The, the problem with Trick is that he's not interesting by himself, but he's he's not interesting when he's with Carmelo as well. <laughs> he's just not interesting. That's That's the problem rough. when you immediately throw someone in and be like, yeah, he's a lackey. Like, they didn't, they didn't give any sort of indication that they're, mm-hmm. like, on equal playing fields. Yeah. Carmelo's always been three to four to five to six, maybe ten steps above... Trick, he was, Trick has always been a punching bag, Pretty and all much. of a sudden they're just like, "But what if we give Trick something to do? <laughs> then they'd care." No, <laughs> I still don't give a shit. It's this whole Wesley thing. It's like I felt like they tried to start doing something with Wesley, and then they were just like, "Oh well, just 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 come back here for a second. We're not we're not ready for that yet." Like really sucks. Like, I want Wesley in the North American title scene. Yes. That's why I'm kind of glad he's mixing it up with Trick a little bit. Because it keeps him close to Mello. But I'm still not feeling the feud. I'm really not feeling the feud. At all. It's just been kind of meh at most. Like, it's just there. Yeah. It's just so Trick can have something to do so he just doesn't feel like a lackey but again like you just said trick really isn't that interesting to really stand out on his own grayson gets the win after trick dressing up as a boxer punched wesley in the back of the head wesley got back in the ring and before he got counted out and then ended up losing to grayson waller anyway so great match Kind of has that smudge of Trick Williams interference, so... But still, it was a great match for what it was. We had Mackenzie Mitchell with Schism, which I'm... It's so weird seeing Zach Gibson with no facial hair. It's Although, I I do want to give props to James Drake slash whatever his new name is, uh... Jagger, Jagger mm-hmm. Reed. Yeah, uh, I want to give him props because on social media, he's doing like split personality tweets. Oh, like he's still playing it off like James Drake is done with wrestling. Ah, but then he'll then tweet as Jagger Reed, like That's... James. He'll tweet as James Drake and be like. Oh, wow, I, I'm on vacation. I think I could get used to not wrestling. And it'll, it'll be, like, feet up in a fucking beach chair with mm-hmm. sandals on and with a fucking drink in his hand. Okay. And then the next tweet, it'll just be that same fucking still image of fucking his face with the contact. Oh, the, God. No beard. I mean, good on him. I mean. Yeah, he's he's playing into it well. Yeah. I'll give them that. So, from what I got out of this whole thing, though, they have interest in Cameron Grimes. So Cameron Grimes is about to shave everything off 
and become part of Schism. Like, all his hair, all his body hair, all his everything, and we're gonna have clean-shaven, fucking baby-faced Schism fucking Cameron Grimes. Yeah, he's gonna change his name to fucking <laughs> Shank Mason. You know what he'll do? <laughs> Since he's Cameron Grimes, he'll just get rid of it and he'll just call himself Sludge. Ugh. <laughs> that sounds like a retribution name. Sludge? Yeah. yeah. Probably was. Probably would have been. They would probably put Cameron Grimes in retribution and called him Sludge. Ugh. <laughs> God. It's fucking terrible. Apollo Crews and Zion Quinn. Honestly, it was what it was. Yeah. Zion Quinn's just kind of gotten blah lately, and... I, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with Apollo Crews. They literally teased him wanting Braun Breaker, then they teased him wanting the North American title, and then they're just like, we'll have him murder people. And then he does nothing. But now he's doing fucking nothing. He he's goes, doing nothing. He goes from challenging, or stating his intentions to wanting the top two titles in, in the, the on the brand, to murdering people, to losing to Giovanni Vinci. To doing absolutely fucking nothing. Can you do Zion Quinn. Mm-hmm. We had more Toxic Attraction stuff. Who got interrupted by Saray, who just randomly challenged Mandy. Random as hell. Like, she's been over in the UK, and then she just comes back, and she's like, I want to face Mandy! And Mandy's just like, the fuck is going on here? Like, was everybody just randomly walking up to me wanting challenges? Like... And just, like, everyone coming back at the same time. It's so weird. Like, this whole thing of, like, you got one person who wants to face Mandy, but then you got this other person who randomly just comes back and goes, I want to face Mandy! Like, what the fuck is going on here? And that that's the thing about with Zoe as well. Like, I know... I know... I know that Mandy and Zoe have a past in NXT. Remember? I know I know Mandy's the reason why Zoe got hurt. And I know that uh, Saray and Mandy had a fucking interaction beforehand, and I get why all these people fucking are connecting and trying to get to fucking Mandy. But can we go one at a time? <laughs> like, right? It, it feels like we have six different people trying to get to Mandy Rose. Like, we have, we have Zoe, we have Saray now. We have Nikita, who said multiple times... Tiffany Stratton wants yeah, a Tiffany shot. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton. Like, we have Roxanne, who probably wants another match. Nikita's have, even said she wanted a shot. Yeah, like, we have we have Indy, who said that she wants yeah. fucking title matches. Like Everybody's not doing stuff on the side. They're just all going, we want Mandy! And it's like... What? Well, the only one that's actually doing stuff on the side now is Tiffany, who's still do dealing with Wendy Chu. Yep. And fucking Indy who's feuding with fucking Kiana James. Yeah, because that's a thing that everyone wants to see for some god reason. Although uh, I do gotta say, Kiana James is, is impressive. She is very good. I'll give her that. She is very good. Yeah, I'll give her that. Gigi Dolan and Zoe Stark. Very quick match. Honestly, I don't even think Gigi barely got any offense in. I think Zoe just kind of beat her and that was it. Yeah. After the match, Zoe got attacked by fucking Cora Jade, and then 
out came Roxanne to make the save. And it's like, here's my take on this whole thing right now. I don't give a fuck about this <laughs> Cora and Roxanne shit. You fucking flubbed it on the heel turn. Like, Cora's explanation legitimately backed up everything that we talked about that week. That she's literally just jealous of Roxanne because they won the tag team titles. She literally came out and talked about, I was, like, number one in your guys' eyes, and you guys... And she's like, look at my fucking War Games fucking appearance. And I'm like, what the fuck did you do in the War Games match? You literally did one thing where you dove off a fucking cage fucked your shoulder up, and then sat on the fucking sidelines watching everybody else do the work, and you got the fucking benefits out of it. Go fuck yourself, Cora. You are garbage right now. You are, you are now involved in quite possibly one of the fucking worst things NXT has ever put on. I legitimately don't care. I don't care what match they have. I don't care what fucking stipulation they fucking do. I don't care. This shit sucks. They blew it. They blew it already. And that's pretty fucking bad. Like, everything leading up now to this fucking feud, the start of this feud, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. There was no reason why they just randomly challenged for the tag titles. Like, why they had the match for fucking Katana and Caden. Why they won the match. Nothing. Nothing means anything anymore now. It's just trash. This whole fucking thing sucks. Like, when she, when she mentioned the War Games thing, I was like, oh my god. She, she's really fucking delusional. She didn't do a fucking thing in War Games. And then she goes out there and pretty much backs up the fact that we talked about her only at this point just being jealous that they won the tag titles. Because she literally says, I brought, I'm the reason why Roxanne is here. And then we win the tag team titles. She literally went out and said, I've been trying to beat Toxic Attraction for months. And I finally do it with Roxanne. And I literally go, so she literally just vouches and says that she's jealous of Roxanne because they won the tag team titles. Yeah. Take this fucking stupid fucking feud and put it in the trash where it belongs. This sucks. But now all of a sudden she's intervening with fucking Zoe Stark. I don't know why. Random as hell. And how fucking pointless now does that fucking promo even feel now? Last week, when fucking Cora goes, Roxanne's out because of a broken heart, and then literally the next week she's back. <laughs> Congratulations. You had about as much fucking excitement going for this feud as you did from the fucking night you did the turn. Non-existent. Shit sucks. It's garbage. I don't care what happens at this fucking point with any of it. We got the video of Wendy Chu, who was apparently having a nightmare about Tiffany Stratton. 
who woke up and she said that she woke up on the wrong side of the bed and she kind of showed like a darker side a little bit. And then I was just like, does that mean what we talked about that one time of her having different, her starting to show different sides of herself is going to come out to play? Or is it just like, she's just going to be more aggressive and grumpy when she fucking wakes up on the wrong side of the bed now? I really hope that it's something interesting because Wendy Chu is just sort of there. She's just sort of repetitive. That's because there's really nothing different out of it anymore. Like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I see, I I can see why people would like it because it's kind of like playful. we, We liked it for the longest time because it was like just super like enjoyable and like yeah. like a f- breath of like happiness and yeah. whatever and now it's just like okay well now she's just doing the same thing and over, I think like she lost a women's title match and then the next night she was just like well I guess I could go after Tiffany again I think that's the issue here is the fact that she's back feuding with Tiffany and nothing else is happening that's one of the big problems with this whole thing like her and Tiffany feuded, and then they moved on, and then just for some fucking reason, they brought it all the way back to this again. It just doesn't make sense. Like, unless you're going to do something interesting with Wendy, this feud is just blah. Like, absolutely nothing. And it's, especially since this feud has been so one-sided. Yeah. Tiffany has absolutely dominated this feud this yeah, time. Yeah, literally, Tiffany's dominated the matches... And Wendy just gets the upper hand week after, like, right, separate weeks by weird little fucking right, like things like... Throwing powder in her, in her face yeah. or confetti or throwing orange juice yeah, or, it's I mean, like, orange soda. It's like, I don't know, it's just not hitting. It's not connecting anymore. It's starting to slowly, like, downgrade. J.D. McDonough's fucking promo. Honestly... I didn't like it at all. I really didn't. Like, J.D. McDonough's whole thing is now he's a surgeon, and he could go, I can break this bone here. This bone is connected to the that bone, and I can do that, and I can dislocate that at any fucking time I want to. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's like a doctor. He's literally the guy that's going to walk up to you. He's literally the doctor from fucking Family Guy when he was the pirate. And he goes, don't you worry. I be a doctor, and I'm just like, that's fucking bizarre. Like, it it definitely didn't hit. This was just, no. Yeah, and he was going on everyone. He was even attacking Wade Barrett, who is the, the heel commentator on NXT. He was like, oh, I can feel the calcium deposits in your hand. I'm like, oh, it's just, oh, he's, he cheers for you half the time. What are you Great. doing? He literally, like... Went in on the timekeeper, like, he picked up the hammer, and he's like, he better be careful swinging this hammer, because he might hurt his hand, and I'm like... One crack on the hand, and this could break a hand into a million pieces. <laughs> and he goes up to right. Joseph, and he's like, you know, this bone right here, on the, up on your, in your shoulder, it could, it could apply this amount of pressure, and it could break in your thousand million pieces, and I'm just like, okay... Then do it. <laughs> what, what's stopping you? <laughs> it was this just did nothing, and then Braun Breaker came out, and then like he ends up 
he hit freaking Braun with a headbutt, but then he hit JD with a headbutt of his own, and just JD's bleeding from the mouth with this bloody smile, and I was just like, this did nothing. Yeah, he... This did I, nothing. I, I don't understand what the the fuck this goddamn character is supposed to be. Like, <laughs> he's supposed to be a doctor, uh, a health teacher, uh, a masochist, uh, <laughs> fucking... An Irish a, ace. A vampire, a guy who winks with sunglasses on. An Irish ace. Uh, an ace, a like, guy who owns a car. Like, I... <laughs> It's it's Please. not. It just didn't work. This did nothing. Like, I want to see the match. Don't get me wrong. I think the match is going to be great. But whatever the hell this bit of story is that you're trying to tell, no. Didn't work at all. Like, I don't care if he could dislocate my shoulder in one fucking spot here and then tell me that I better be careful or else it could happen. Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> just give me the match and let's go. We had Chase U, who literally cut off Giovanni Vinci with the bus. They were on a bus, and they blocked Giovanni in, and we ended up getting a match. But first off, we had Roxanne backstage, who talked about the Cora Jade stuff, and then pretty much forfeited the women's tag team titles. And we also get this random-ass appearance of Alundra Blaze, because, yeah, well, apparently... Well, it's because Cora threw the title in the garbage. I and don't... As soon as, as soon as somebody throws a title in the garbage, they're like, hey, didn't a woman do that a couple of fucking 20 years ago? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, let's call her in, because references... It was, like, it was so random. I don't care if she did the same thing that Alundra did. I don't give a fuck. I don't need Alundra Blaze on the television to yeah, fucking it's, promote anything. It's just so Alundra Blaze could come on and be like, Well, 25 years ago, I did the same thing that Cora Jane did, and I regret myself every single day. And I'm just like, yeah. How many times has she said that now, though? About four. She doesn't need to say Jane. it anymore. She doesn't need to say it anymore. Like, enough. She we said it. it. She said it at her Hall of, Hall of Fame speech. Right. She said it after that. She said it on a Dynamite when she was there. She said it now. Like, so, pretty much Roxanne forfeits the titles. And now, we're getting a fatal four-way next week that you literally named the teams before the fucking match was even announced. Alundra Blaze goes, there, there will be a fatal four-way tag team title match to determine the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. And I'm like, okay, so we have Toxic Attraction, we have Caden and Casey, we have Elisa and fucking Valentina, and we have Ivy and Tatum. And then literally, like, three minutes later, they're like, and it's made official! And I'm like, oh, look, it's the it's teams I just fucking said. <laughs> it's, we literally talked about this the same night and go... If Toxic Attraction wins the titles back, everything at this point is fucking pointless. But it also fucking makes everything that happened leading up to fucking Roxanne and Cora J. This solidifies how fucking pointless that was. 
if fucking Caden and Katana win? Honestly, I'm pr- I I I guarantee or I don't guarantee it, but I'm I'm like ninety percent sure Ivy and Tatum are winning. I'm pretty much sure that fucking Katana and Caden are finally winning the fucking titles. Why do you think Ivy and Tatum are winning the titles? Because they're gonna they're gonna proceed. They're gonna end up giving fucking Diamond Mine all these titles, and Roddy's just gonna be sitting there, the only one with a belt, because Damon Kemp has already turned his back on him, and fucking been buddy buddy with fucking the Creed brothers. They're gonna give Ivy and Tatum. Tatum's gonna be an official member of Diamond Mine. And it's going to be the Creed's, Damon, Ivy, and Tatum all with fucking, well, not Damon with a belt, but Damon's just with <laughs> them with association, because, and then Roddy's just like, oh, look at y'all, you guys over there with your belts, and I'm just, <laughs> I wish I, I wish fucking Vince would have gave me my release so I could go and join my friends. I love, I, I love Roderick Strong, but he is a whiny little bitch right now, and it's sad, like... It's not even enjoyable. Like it's fucking sad looking. It's it kind is. of it's kind of cringy. Like it's just so bad. Like all he does is whine about everything anymore. Like literally last I think it was last week when it was Creed's versus it was Diamond Mine versus Diamond Mine. And or no, that wasn't last week. It was like two or three weeks ago. Roddy ends up winning the match. And because Diamond, or because Creed's got attacked, he was angry. You won the match! Right? That was the match against Damon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that was Roddy versus Damon. Like, what the fuck? Be fucking happy you won the match. Why do you have to go back and bitch? Like, he's... He won the match and he runs back and he's like, Oh, what happened, guys? Well, you saw what fucking happened, first of all, Roddy. He got attacked. Mm -hmm. Second of all... He fuck. He's like, oh god damn it! Like, you sound like a kid that just got caught at midnight with a fucking cupcake and his PS2 controller caught fucking in his hand. <laughs> just shut up, Roddy. <laughs> anyway, I don't even want to call him Roderick anymore. I, I'm, I'm gonna keep calling him Roddy because it sounds like a fucking little kid's name, and that's all he does. He whines like a little fucking kid. Anyway, Roddy. We had Giovanni Vinci versus Andre Chase. Why in the absolute fuck was this match so goddamn good? This match... The most random fucking one-on-one match. This match had zero reason to be as good as it was. It was fucking awesome. I love that everybody loves Andre Chase now. And I love Giovanni Vinci. And this, for some reason, was fucking awesome. Like, what the hell? Can we get more of Andre Chase on TV now? Honestly. Can we please? Literally. Give give that man a title. Oh my god, that'd be wonderful. Have him beat Carmelo. Oh, that'd be so wonderful. (laughs) That'd be fucking wonderful. Can you imagine the fucking Chase U chant if Andre Chase wins the fucking North American title. <laughs> that would be wonderful. And I mean that in every fucking ounce of the word. That would be wonderful. 
in every fucking word, in every way possible, that would be amazing. Like, I need to see it. But this, awesome. Giovanni got the win, but Andre Chase looked amazing in yeah. this. And I, I have zero reason why this was as good as it was. But holy hell. This just reminded me, this gave me old NXT vibes. This match here. Where it was just like, you got a random match on occasions, but for some reason it was just fucking amazing. For no unexplained reasons yeah. whatsoever. It was that just was two old. guys like taking full advantage of the time that they were given. Well, they took advantage of all the time they were given. They were given a lot of fucking time. Yeah. This match went long. Like, it was long, but it was fucking awesome. We had Diamond Mine backstage warming up for the eight-man tag. Indy Hartwell and Ariana Grace was next. At least Ariana did something in this match. Yeah, at least she was able to show herself. And she didn't look bad. Yeah, she didn't. She was very... She was she was good. And I'll give her I, that. I think the problem with her, it wasn't the fact that she was terrible. It's just the fact that she, in her first two appearances, her first appearance she was against Nikita and had zero opportunity to do anything. Mm-hmm. And the second time was a battle royal where you don't ever have the opportunity to do anything except let me try to get this person out. Yeah, pretty much. But I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Honestly, it wasn't anything like special, but I thought it was good in the mo- for the most part. So we got the main event, but we also got the announcement of the the Falls Count Anywhere match also that's happening between Von Wagner and Solo Sokoa. Yep. Which okay, I don't know what the fuck Von Wagner's going to do now that fucking his Jane is now gone. What the hell's Tarzan going to do now? Yeah, now now that Jane is a fucking modeling fucking person. Oh, it's so bad. I hate it so much. Anyway, main event, Tony D'Angelo and the family versus Diamond Mine. Main event was great. It was great. But of course, Roddy pretty much costs his team the fucking win. And all I said when it happened was, oh great, and watch Roddy bitch now for weeks when he's the one who clearly was fucking responsible for his team losing. But he'll come up with any fucking excuse to cover up the fact that it's his fault! was a little disappointed that the tag champs got pinned, too. That made it even worse. Like, that was disappointing. Yeah. But, it is Tony, and kinda need to start seeing something more with Tony, because I get that Santos isn't here, so you can't really continue the feud here. Well, that that's the thing. Next week, it's Creed's versus... Uh, Tony and Stax for the, the tag, titles? tag team titles. I'm assuming that's when Santos comes I back. I mean, we thought this was where Santos comes back. So, I'm questioning is Santo, when is Santos coming back? 
And at that point, can them starting this feud up again actually make it interesting? Because I almost feel like it's been off too long. And the, the also the problem, or not the problem, is the thing is with this whole situation is, like you pointed out, Cruz, Joaquin, and Electra are starting to, they're, they're starting to fall in line yeah. with Tony. So is it going to be like an AEW and Luchasaurus moment where it's like, as soon as Santos comes back, Cruz and Joaquin and Electra are like, oh, Santos. Don't be surprised if it does, because it probably will. It probably will. But then again, when it comes down to this feud starting up again, how do you make it even? Tony needs two people. Like, he needs two more people to back him up. Unless they just end it with one-on-one. Santos and Tony again? They already did this, though. That doesn't matter with this place anymore. Yeah, that's right. They could end it in, like, a parking lot brawl or something. I kind of hope they do. Like, they... With uh, one-on-one. Adam Cole versus, uh... He who should not be not... He who shall not be named. Yep. But, like... You know? But, like... Actually, you know, like, somewhat entertaining of a match compared to that one. Yeah. I mean, I want to see what's going to happen with this when Santos comes back. Because I almost feel like, like I said, the feud's been kind of off TV really for a really long time. And it hasn't done anything since Santos has been out. So I'm almost, like, worried that by the time he comes back... Does anybody really care about this anymore? Because it's yeah. been off TV for so long. That's the freaking issue here. But other than that, it was an wrestling-wise solid show. Like I, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a solid show yeah, overall. Like was, NXT was solid. It was pretty good. Yeah. So it it started to. It didn't feel like a fucking main roster show with its illogical bullshit. Yeah. But it was kind of all over the place, but it wasn't that bad. AEW. Coming off of Fighter Fest Night 2, we get Fight for the Fallen. We didn't get to talk about the fucking barbed wire match last week. Or the week before. Wait. No. No, yeah, last, last week. week. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about it. So you're damn right I'm going to fucking talk about it now. AEW and barbed wire matches do not go together. This was piss poorly fucking done, in my honest opinion. I honestly thought the first bit of it was okay. But after everything that happened later on in the match, you killed it. And I mean, and not in a good way. You fucking killed this. You fucking suck at at producing barbed wire matches. Because you literally, first off, you had strike one right off the bat by saying, we're going to put the Jericho Appreciation Society members, other than Jericho, inside of a shark cage. Okay, fine. As soon as fucking Jericho Appreciation Society makes their way down to the ring, 
we only see 2.0, Jake Hager, and Daniel Garcia. Huh. I feel like somebody's missing here. I feel like two people are missing here. Oh, right. Sammy Guevara, Guevara and fucking Ty Conti. Why are they not in the fucking cage? Strike one. Strike two. Anna Jay's fucking bullshit garbage turn. Oh boy, does this make completely what fucking Dark Order said of them being a strong, solidified unit look fucking pointless. And as anybody generally give a fuck about Ty Conti and Anna Jay being back together? No. Nobody does. Strike two. So they beat up Ruby Soho and fucking go to release the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society out of the cage. Strike three. Ty Conti does not know how to use a fucking key. She's apparently that stupid that she doesn't know how to use a key. <laughs> okay. I didn't know a fucking padlock was that fucking complex when you have a key. So that's strike three. Now you're probably wondering, isn't that mean it's over? No, guess what? It's not over. Strike four. The fucking cage, since they can't get out of the cage from the door being opened, the cage just coincidentally has large enough gaps to where Daniel Garcia and 2.0 can squeeze out to get in the ring. Fucking wonderful. That's strike four. So they get in the ring, start fucking brawling and everything. They ended up getting in a giant brawl with the rest of Blackpool Combat Club. We then get Sammy Guevara coming out interfering we get this fucking weird ending where Eddie Kingston literally looks like he counters Sammy Guevara and fucking tries to dodge the Judas effect that has barbed wire wrapped around Jericho's arm he goes for this Judas effect where he literally counters Sammy but Sammy just like spins around enough to throw Eddie Kingston into the fucking Judas Effect, and Chris Jericho wins the goddamn match. Strike five, Chris Jericho wins the match. Lo and behold, we're gonna have strike six on this one. Six fucking strikes. Eddie Kingston cannot fight off Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara during the match. But as soon as the match ends, proceeds to fight them both off with no fucking hassle. How fucking stupid does Eddie Kingston look? Eddie Kingston legitimately has been made to look like an absolute fucking geek in this company. He's at the point where no matter what the fuck he says anymore, he has become Bray Wyatt. Old Bray Wyatt. You cannot take anything that man says seriously because he cannot back it up anymore. And it's bullshit. It is bullshit. Eddie Kingston is one of those people that when you listen to him talk, you get invested. Now when you listen to him talk, you go, 
He's full of shit. He can't back that up. Like, it's fucking nonsense. Can I also add, like, 6.5 strike? It might even be 7 if, it's, if I freaking remember it. When Eddie Kingston tries to go for the fucking spinning back fist and completely whiffs it. Oh, well, that Just is 6.5. Absolutely gets all air. Because Chris Jericho goes too forward. Actually, it might be even eight. Because Chris Jericho no, breaks that... his own nose. Nope. It was his own fault. So that's seven. That'll be seven. You know what else? We even get 7.5. So 7.5 strikes. Jer or Eddie Kingston goes to hit him with the barbed wire chair. Chris Jericho hits the code breaker, and the chair falls forward onto his nose. Yep. So that's seven point. That's that's seven, but we're gonna go seven point five also because of the stupid fucking walls of Jericho spot, where he legitimately drops Eddie Kingston back first on the board of barbed wire, and I'm like, okay, that has to suck. Proceeds to turn Eddie Kingston over, gut first in the walls of Jericho, and Eddie Kingston just fucking hovers above the goddamn barbed wire. He's literally on his hands, not even touching it. I'm like, oh my god, does that look fucking stupid. So seven and a half strikes. Congratulations, you fucking blew it. The match sucked. And I mean sucked. It was, it was very bad. It was atrocious. That is now the second barbed wire associated match that they have fucked. Yeah. And it was tame as fuck. Jericho was the only one who bled. Eddie Kingston didn't even bleed. The fuck? Like, the ending of just watching him not be able to overcome Jericho and Sammy and then literally two seconds later after the match is over overcome the odds by himself to get rid of Sammy and throw Jericho into that crate with the spider web of barbed wire on there. Just looked so fucking dumb. I, th this match fucking blew. So, they had to do their damnedest to make up for that bullshit. So we get Fight for the Fallen. The show kicked off with John Moxley defending the interim AEW world title against Roosh. Immediately I go, fucking great. So why would you build up Roosh just to give him a loss already? That's kind of fucking stupid. Yep. But when it comes down to the match, the match was fucking great. It really was great. Mm -hmm. The only issue was there was three little gripes on this whole situation. One, John Moxley bled again. Why, Mox? What is your fucking obsession with bleeding anymore? This is just like, it's not my kind of match if I'm not bleeding anymore. Like, fucking why? And that, that, before we even continue on with this. That wasn't even two seconds into the match and he was bleeding. Before we even continue on with this, that's another strike with the fucking barbed wire match because the camera guy. Clearly picks up Chris Jericho going into his fucking wrist tape for the blade so he can start blading. Oh, there's eight then. Eight strikes. Congratulations, numbnuts. 
So, fucking, we're not even a minute into this match, and Moxley's bleeding. Yep. Why? Moxley, what is the fucking obsession? Oh, you know, because Moxley and Roosh have been feuding for all of uh, four minutes. Five minutes. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Moxley tries to turn everything into this giant fucking blood... Like, this match has been a blood feud. Everything's gotta be like, I gotta bleed. I gotta bleed. Gotta bleed. Like, you don't have to fucking bleed. Every time. You're facing Roosh. Have you even interacted with Roosh ever? No, this is probably the first time these two have ever faced each other. So why are you bleeding like you've been feuding for fucking 12 years? That's one gripe. Number two, Andrade shows up during this match to interfere, and it does absolutely nothing. He literally showed up, did nothing, and then got chased off by the Lucha Brothers. Cool, Andrade. It was nice seeing you for a whole five seconds. That's the second gripe. And the third one is that stupid nonsense that AEW does all the time, where clearly this move should be the finish, but they literally get a kick out, and then the match ends fucking ten seconds later. Like, I hate that shit. It's so dumb. The paradigm shift, or the death rider, as they called it, I've clearly heard Excalibur call it a death rider, should have been the finish. There was no need for Roosh to kick out to immediately get put in the fucking bulldog choke and tap out. That looked incredibly stupid. But other than that, match was great. Yes, easily predictable. Because again, Moxley ain't fucking losing any fucking interim title match. Yeah. But still, match was great. And then it gets worse. Right after the match, Chris Jericho shows up. Broken nose and all. And pretty much we are getting a Chris Jericho, John Moxley interim AEW title match next week at a show called Quake by the Lake. Or Quake at the Lake. Quake at the Lake might legitimately be one of the worst named shows I have ever heard. It's not as bad as Great Balls of Fire. I don't care. At least Great Balls of Fire sounds cool. No. The only fucking thing wrong with Great Balls of Fire was they shouldn't have fucking had a flaming dick on there. Great Balls of Fire was the worst name I have ever heard in my entire life. Especially since a fucking person could stand in the correct spot of the sign and make it say, eat balls. <laughs> Quake at the Lake. Worst name is... of all time. Close second is Quake at the Lake. Quake at the Lake is fucking a terrible show name. That is like... What is even? What is it even implying? That right? there's an earthquake next to a lake? Or an earthquake while you're in the lake. Or is it like a seismic shift while you're taking a dip? God damn it. No. It's literally talking about fucking going to the fucking lake for a picnic. And all of a sudden an earthquake hits. Yep. That's Quake at the Lake, pretty much. 
That's what I would think Quake of the Lake stands for. And if it is, that is a terrible show name. I would like to know who sat down and said, Hey, who's gonna approve my Quake at the Lake show name? Like, you, if you wanted something Earthquake-related, you could have just called it, like, Seismic Shift, because, oh, funny insider words. <laughs> you know what? You know why they called it Quake at the Lake? That's why. <laughs> Tony Khan snorted too much fucking coke. He's like, you know what would be a good name? <laughs> Quake at the Lake! <laughs> And then the only person in the rink, in the fucking room is him, and he's just like, I'm glad you guys agree! <laughs> that is so pinpoint accurate. If so... anything, they should have called it Glock at the Dock, and then have Art Anderson wrestle. <laughs> It'd have been the pistol whip match. Yeah. They literally just had to climb up the pole. It would have been a pistol on a pole match. Yeah. <laughs> climb up, grab the pistol. The first person to grab the pistol could just fucking whack him in the head <laughs> with pistol whipped the shit out of him. <laughs> Arn Anderson wins the match. He just <laughs> fucking whacks like QT Marshall in the head with it. Why'd it have to be QT? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's great to watch QT get beaten up, so they're just like, let's have Arn Anderson beat him up, because yeah, that's... Basically. <laughs> Anyway, we're getting Jericho and Moxley. I don't fucking care. It's so stupid. I hope you know Jericho's winning. I hope you know that you better shut the hell up, because Jericho, I swear to God. Jericho is becoming interim world champion. Oh, boy. Because there's more of a story and more of a dynamic between Jericho and Punk than there is Jericho and Moxley. If we had this on video, you could just see the fucking why would you keep saying this fucking thing. I, I hate myself that I said it. But I, I know it's going to happen. I don't want either one of them. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a damn about any of it. I know Punk's winning the fucking titles when he fuck comes back. Oh, yeah. If he, he ever comes he, back. Either way, Punk is winning the title. But there's more of a dynamic between him and Jericho than there is him and, Punk, or him and Moxley. Garbage. I don't care. Just what I want to see is 50-some Chris, Chris Jericho who fucking bores me to fucking tears still on fucking television. I thought this broken nose would put him off of television, but apparently this just means keep Chris Jericho on fucking television and give him more television time. And even after the barbed wire match, I tweeted out on Twitter, I was like, I'm so glad AEW's doing whatever it takes to make 52-year-old Chris Jericho look strong no matter what with just a blank face. <laughs> it's, it's fucking a joke. Why? I don't want Chris Jericho doing anything anymore. I don't want Chris Jericho here. I don't want Chris Jericho back in WWE. I just don't want Chris Jericho anymore. I don't fucking care. I don't want him in New Japan. I don't want him in Ring of Honor. I don't want him doing anything. And that's the thing. It's like, as soon as he leaves AEW, you know he's going for one final run with WWE yeah. before he retires. And it's going to be insufferable, just like this was. This has been insufferable. He's going for one final run, and then he retires, then he's going to lead a Hall of Fame class. The match after that, Ricky Starks defending the FTW title against Danhausen, and before I even finished that sentence, the match was over. You know, some small part within me, I was like, 
what if they give the title to Danhausen? But then I remember that everyone hyped up Danhausen signing, and when you hype up a signing at AEW, it means absolutely nothing. Oh, don't worry, it's meant fucking nothing. Danhausen has done fucking nothing. Danhausen is literally a joke. Danhausen is literally a jobber. He is comic relief. Literally, he does nothing. Danhausen is the R-Truth of AEW. Like, I could, like, if I went and took a piss during this match. Imagine Dan, imagine Danhausen in the 24-7 title picture. How about we just pretend the 24-7 title picture doesn't exist? WWE would make Danhausen into a magician. Danhausen would be a fucking 92-time 24-7 title holder. Our truth would get no, jealous. No, Dan Danhausen would Little be... Little fucking Jimmy would get Dan jealous. Would Hornswoggle be... would get jealous! Danhausen would literally hold the 24-7 title for like 45,000 days. I'd be ready to find the nearest fucking water source and drown myself in it. Because <laughs> it's atrocious. Like, I don't get the appeal of Danhausen. I don't. I don't get what anybody sees in him. Like, it's he does... Well, big fucking deal. Does he wrestle? No, apparently not. Because they don't give him the chance to. Well, fuck off then, AEW, with your bullshit. I'm supposed to give a fuck about Danhausen, but I don't give a fuck about Danhausen, so I don't get what people see in Danhausen. Danhausen, just because I said. Ricky wins in about 45 seconds. Oh, boy. With a spear. Yep. Lo and behold, Ricky's like, well, that was kind of a waste of my time. I'll defend the title against somebody else right now. Out came Hook. Ricky Starks and Hook. You have my attention. And by the time we've said that, the match is already over. Again. We have a new FTW champion. First off, fuck the, the FTW title. Just give me Hook and Ricky one-on-one. -on -one. And give it all the time in the world. Yep. Hook and Ricky one-on-one -on -one is what I want. I don't care. That match would be fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. But Hook winning the title is... Again, the title may not mean a goddamn thing. It may not be recognized by any goddamn company. It's pretty much a... Make-believe title. But still. Hook winning it... You know, the title that his dad held is fucking cool to say. Yeah. Not gonna lie. And honestly, I think Hook can somehow make this title... Like, Ricky did a fucking... Did everything he could with this title. Like, he tried to make it honestly feel like it was an actual title. It should be recognized, everything else. And that's what Ricky was doing with it. Hook can continue that. That's all I want to see, is Hook just continue it. Yeah. Defend the title, make it feel like it's a legit title over and over again, even though it's not supposed to be recognized as a title. Just have Hook make it feel like a title that should be defended on television a lot and make it mean something. Hook will do that, I think, with this title. After the match, we went to a commercial, we came back, Ricky was in the middle of the ring with Powerhouse Hobbs. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Hobbs turns on Starks. 
Hobbs drops Ricky Starks with a shot to the back of the head and then hits him with the spine buster. So, my question is this. What does this mean? Does this mean Team Taz is done? Is Team Taz just Hook and fucking Powerhouse Hobbs? Is Ricky a babyface now? Like, is Ricky leaving? Like, what is going on here? There's a lot of questions attached to this. And I mean a lot. Like, is Team Taz still exist? Is Ricky just gonna go on a babyface run? Is Ricky leaving? Like, is Team Taz over? Like, what is the freaking situation here? That's the part that confuses me. Yeah. But everybody loves Ricky Starks. So if he's going on a babyface run, I'm ready for it. Ricky Starks deserves to be a champion. And I mean that. I don't care if it's the TNT title. I don't care if it's the fucking world title. Give me Ricky Starks winning a goddamn title. Absolutely. Because the kid's amazing. And I mean fucking amazing. Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti versus Dante Martin and Sky Blue. It's what you expect from a Sammy Guevara-Dante Martin match. It's fucking crazy. It's all over the place. It was great. Sky Blue to me just fucking has zero goddamn charisma at all. She has like she zero reaction. Miserable. She looked bored to death. Like, her reactions are awful. Like, Dante did stuff, and then she... This is her reaction of just this light-ass clap. And I go, you can put some fucking emotion behind that. Yeah. Like, from what I've heard, they're a thing. Well, yeah, because during, during Picture in Picture, they did, a, they did a spot where they, like, copied yeah. fucking... Sammy and Tay, mm -hmm. but not, like, as yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And, like, Dante kissed her on the cheek. But, but still. even then, she looked, like, uncomfortable to be in that <sighs> position. It's like, wh then why'd you even say yes? Right? Why'd, why'd you even go, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll be in your corner. Like, I get Dante wanted her in the corner to, you know, combat Ty Conti, but, like... If she didn't want to be involved with it, she didn't have to be involved with it. We could have found somebody else. Yeah. Like, it, it's just the whole telling the story of couple versus couple. That's all it was, which is just like, eh, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Like, I thought Dante and Sammy was great. It's just, I don't know, it, Sky Blue is just kind of blah to me. Like, yeah. her whole, when Dante loses... And Ty comes in the ring, and they're both just beating up on Dante, and she's just standing out there. Like, don't go in there and help your fucking man. Just stand out there and watch. Then she finally gets in to intervene, and then out came Anna J. So, oh boy. Tay J again. Can't wait to get fucking sick watching this bullshit now. Who then get friggin' intervened by Ruby Soho, Eddie Kingston, and Ortiz. They chased them off, and that was the end of that. So, more than likely, we're getting either a eight-person mixed tag match, 
a 10-person mixed tag match, which is a lot, or like a six-person mixed tag match, there's a lot. There's so many different things that could happen with this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know what, but we'll see what happens when we get there. We had Jungle Boy's return promo where he called Christian a pussy and yep. talked about how Christian was low on cash because his wife divorced him, which I thought was fucking hysterical. Christian pretty much intervened backstage, which was awkwardly done, I could say. Because Christian's standing there talking, trying to cut off Jungle Boy, but Jungle Boy just keeps talking. <laughs> it was, like, delayed before they cut him off, and then finally it cut him off, and I was just like, oh my god, that was fucking awkward. And, and the thing is, it's like, Tony Sh I think Jungle Boy just got, like, too into it, because Tony Schiavone, you could tell Tony, Tony Schiavone was trying to get Jungle Boy's attention. He was just like, mm -hmm. hey, hey, uh, hey, Jungle, hey, Jack, <laughs> hey, 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 pay the, pay the fuck attention to the fuck, <laughs> fucking goddamn Tron. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I like that Jungle Boy was wearing the jacket. Like how, how how did he not hear him? I didn't I, either. I know that he was getting into his promo, but there's no way that you can you can hear Christian going, Jungle Boy, hey, Jungle Boy, over here, <laughs> Jungle Boy, hey, over here, over here, Jungle, Jack, hey, Jungle, hey, Jack, Jack, hey, Jack, Jack, hey, Jungle, hey. Like... I like that Jungle Boy was wearing the jacket that Christian draped on him after yeah. he after he turned on him. That was kind of cool. That was a nice touch. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. I like that Christian said the whole "You told me you're all your secrets, and I'm going to use them against you." I don't know what the hell that means, but I'm interested to see what that is. Like, I still think the Luchasaurus thing was weird. With the whole, I'm with Christian, but as soon as Jungle Boy comes back, I'm not with Christian. I was like, well, you could have done something with that, but you just said, fuck it. Let's just go with this. You know what I just remembered we didn't talk about? What? The thing that was immediately announced after the interim world title match. And that being? The trios titles. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have trios titles. They already had trios titles, though. In ROHs. Yeah. Not only that, but apparently Tony Khan said that they've had them for made for quite a while. They haven't introduced them. All I have to say is they look really nice. They look very old school. I like them. Again, I I just hope it's not the fucking easily predictable outcome with them. Because literally there's only two options that I more than likely can suspect AEW is going to go with here. We're either getting Cole and Red Dragon winning these titles, or Kenny in the box. Well, the thing is, is what ha what they teased. Yes, I know. On earlier. Dynamite, it kind of they teased like, on after this. Yeah, which I, is after this. I think the Jungle finals might be a little different. Yeah, but anyway, this was great. I enjoyed the Jungle Boy thing. I'm looking forward to him and Christian. Honestly, Bucks are backstage. And they ran into Hangman, yeah. who then kind of got interrupted by the Dark Order of what's left of the Dark Order. All four of them. Yeah. And then the Bucks just kind of walked away. So it's like, 
It almost feels like the Bucks are trying to sway Hangman back with them. I don't think it's a sway thing. Because, I do. Because, like, if you... AEW's been doing subtle... Like, subtle hints towards this. Because I, I got suckered into seeing a clip from... Uh, being the elite. Being the elite, where I I don't know if it was after the triple threat match mm-hmm. where the Bucks lost their titles, but the Bucks were walking on like the side of the ramp to the back, mm-hmm. and Hangman poked his head out and was looking at them, and then he ducked back in when they turned around. So they're doing subtle hints where it's like the Bucks and Hangman are like. They're basically like lovers who had a breakup, but never really lost feelings for each other. Like I said, it feels like they're trying to sway Hangman. No, it's it's not swaying. It's more the fact that they're just like they're slowly rekindling what they had. Yeah, so they're trying to connecting. They're trying to re like rebring back the elite again. In a nutshell, they're trying to get Hangman back in the elite. That's all I'm getting. I think it's just they're trying to be... I don't think they're trying to be fucking... I don't, I don't know if they're trying to bring Hangman back to the Elite. It's just that they want Hangman as their friend again. Instead of not being in the Elite, but just like... But that wouldn't make any sense if Hangman just becomes buddies with them, but doesn't rejoin the Elite. Well, the, the thing is, is like... That's my thing. They could do this whole story where Hangman and the Bucks start talking... They, they're in this tournament together for the trios titles, and it comes down to Hangman and the Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon. And it's like... Adam Cole's like, Oh, why are you talking to him? I've been feuding with him for months. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it seems interesting, I'll say that. I'll say that for the most part. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen here with it, but I'm interested to see what is going to actually happen with it. Like, is Hangman going to join the Elite again? Or are the Bucks just going to kind of edge themselves out of the Elite? Like, it's got a lot of weird stuff. It's got some interesting stuff that could happen with it. I'll yeah. say that. So, just little bits at a time. See what the hell happens there. Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling versus Swerve Strickland in a handicap match. Keith Lee was barred from ringside. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. It's good to see Swerve wrestle. Honestly, nice to see Tony Nese wrestle, because, like, when the fuck do we see that anymore? Yeah, really. Swerve gets the win with the the kick on Smart Mark, and then we see Keith Lee laid out backstage after Josh Woods attacked him. I have to say, Josh Woods and Tony Nese as a tag team, very interesting. I'm kind of into that. So, if that's what your tag team title match is going to be at some point, cool. I'm all in on it. The, the only problem with that whole thing is, like, if they're making Nice and Woods a tag team, mm-hmm. how often are, they, are, are we really going to see them? Because we barely see Tony Nese oh, as it is. Oh, don't worry, we're not. We're just going to see them now. We but... see, we barely see Tony Nese as it is, and we haven't seen Josh Woods, period, so on Dynamite. We're going, like I said, this we will, as long as you watch Di- as long as you watch Rampage. 
then you'll see them. Until then, you ain't gonna fucking see them after this. Once they officially become a team, they'll be on Rampage. Winning and losing, like usual. We then had the AEW Women's World Title Match. Thunder Rosa defending against Miyu Yamashita. So, Thunder had ended up losing in Japan, and Yamashita became the number one contender from beating her in Japan. So we got the title match here. It wasn't bad. I'll say that. Yamashita's not awful. I think she's really good. Yeah. She's she's pretty good. So, as my first, like, time seeing her, I wasn't disappointed. Like, I, I, I was pretty pleased by it. I thought the match was pretty good. Like, it's probably one of the better Thunder title matches right yeah. now. But, it was it was fine. It was just a, a good title match. Thunder ended up retaining. That was it. So, and Yamashita, like, I don't know if we're going to see more of her. Maybe this is the only time we're going to see her. I don't know. We're going to find out if, like, later on down the road. It's like Takeshita. We don't see him that often, but when we do, it's like... More Takeshita, please. We then got the main event. Daniel Garcia against Brian Danielson in Danielson's return match. I'm going to say this. This was awesome. This is probably one of the best-looking matches. Like, this is the best Daniel Garcia's looked. Right here. Even, like, other than the pure championship match from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Like, this may have been the best-looking Daniel Garcia match. And we've been on that boat of not seeing what Garcia's been like, like, not seeing what people see in Garcia at all. But this fucking awesome. And the crazy thing is, Garcia won. And I believe, and clean, I believe. If I remember clearly. Right? Garcia won clean. Yeah. Which is even crazier. Like, he worked Brian's neck. Like, trying to wear him down. And he finally ended up doing it to the point where he put him in a sharpshooter. And he passed out. Yep. Like, he worked Brian to exhaustion and made him pass out. That is fucking nuts. That is a huge win for Daniel Garcia. The show ended with Jericho in the ring with Daniel Garcia, and that's how the show went off the air. My one fucking main thing is... I, I feel like this Jericho Appreciation Society... Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston and Friends freaking feud is just going too long. Like, I don't know what else you can do with this feud. It's just kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just feels like it's running on fumes. Like, they've already went through the big matches, and now you're just kind of having these side matches right now. Like, you got Sammy now intervening with 
like Eddie Kingston and Ruby Soho and all these other freaking people. And now Jericho's dealing with Moxley and Jericho's apparently interrupted fucking Claudio's celebration on Rampage. So I'm like, what is fucking Chris Jericho doing? It's literally turning into this, like, it's almost like a never-ending feud. Again, it's another never-ending feud. Like, I don't know what else you can do with this. You've already done the big matches. You had fucking the non-PG version, you had the non-fucking, like, watered-down version of fucking Stadium Stampede. You had blood and guts. You had a fucking barbed wire match, like... What else can you do here? I don't know. I think this feud needs to end. Like, it needs to come to an end here. It like, definitely does. It's, it's really kind of run its course now. Like, it was good early on, but now it's time to, you know, kind of put an end to it here. Yeah. And that I've said this before on this show. That's, that's really a problem with AEW is that they don't know when to end things. That is the problem. That is a problem. They don't... Like, I get everyone's like, long-term stories, long-term stories. Yeah, I get it, it's supposed to be long-term stories, like, but after a while, you know, long-term stories get kind of played out. Yeah. And this is one of them. Like, this is going and going and still going. Like, it needs to be ending and ending. And did I mention ending? <laughs> so now we're going to get into SummerSlam. The show kicked off Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Now, I've said it on the show, I've said it not on the show. I was not crazy for this match going into this. Because, again, I feel like we just got over this feud and we're jumping back into it again. Like, but again... This is your issue. This is what you have to result in when your fucking roster is watered down to nothing. We're gonna get this multiple times, which, my god, get some fucking more women on the goddamn roster. This match was great. Yeah. I do think their WrestleMania match was better. But this was great. The, the final sequence of it was fantastic. That Spanish fly off the second rope into the KOD. Fantastic. Bianca retains. I personally feel like this match was better. Do you? I, I like this be this match better. So I don't know. I like the WrestleMania match better. I think it just tops this by just a bit. Like, this was good. Like, this was great. I enjoyed the hell out of this. But, I, I don't know. Their WrestleMania match just... I don't know, maybe because of the stage it was on. It just felt better and it felt bigger. Like, this just feels like, we're running it back again? Oh, well, cool, we'll give you a match and it'll be great, but that's going to be about it. That's the extent of it. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And it was great. I enjoyed it. Like, for, I went into it with zero expectations and very low interest because we were running it back again. But fucking hell, you gave me a match and I enjoyed the shit out of it. After the match, Becky gets up, looking very distraught, and sticks her hand out. 
And I'm just going, she's good. don't fall for it, because you know Becky. She's going to do it again. She's going to sucker punch you again. Bianca puts her hand in and shakes it, and Becky shakes it back. And then they embrace in the middle of the ring. And then Becky left and gave her a moment in the middle of the ring. And I was like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. Like, that's surprising. But it wasn't over. Out of nowhere, we get the return of Bailey. About fucking time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has been over a year. This women's division, either one of them, needs Bailey right now. Like, Absolutely. But we didn't. Well, don't worry. There's more apparently. Out of nowhere, we get the return of Dakota Kai. Holy shit. What is going on here? So Becky made her... Like, earlier, Bailey made her way when she came down. She only got... She almost got to the ring, but she stopped still on the ramp and was, like, yelling at Bianca. She was, like, telling her, Have you missed me? Did you remember me? And everything like that. And I'm like, this should be good. And then Dakota came out and stops next to Bailey, And I'm going, what the hell is going on here? So cool. We got fucking Dakota Kai back. You ain't getting no damn complaints from me. And then it's not over yet. Io Shirai comes out and stands next to Bailey and Dakota Kai. Commentary kept calling her Io Sky. Over and over again, they kept calling her Io Sky. And I'm like, are they just fucking stupid and they don't know her name? Or is something going on here? And then lo and behold, we find out that her name is actually now changed to EO Sky. Which, I don't have any complaints about, really. At first, it was just annoying because I didn't know what the fuck was going on and why they were calling her EO exactly. Sky. But then, now that I know that's her actual name, it, it, it it's, it's alright. I don't hate I don't, it. I don't like the... The only thing I'm, like, iffy about is that they had to, like, change the spelling of her first name. I know. I don't get why you had to change that, but... Like, why'd you have to change the spelling from I-O to literally have it spelled like E-O? Yeah. It's just... It's it's still fine. It's E-O. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't... It's it's a a fine name, and freaking... It's Io Shirai. Does a name change for her really change her? No. Not really. She's still one of the best women's wrestlers you're going to see. So who the fuck cares at this point what the name is? You can give her some random ass name at this point, and I'd probably still go, it's Io Shirai. She's fucking fantastic. I don't care if you gave her some fucking random name that you just pulled out of a hat. It's still going to be Io Shirai wrestling. Like, you're not getting anything different name-wise here. Like, you're not getting anything different when it comes to wrestling. You're just getting a different name. But even then, again, the name isn't that bad. So Bailey is now aligned with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. They all three make their way into the ring and confront Bianca. Becky Lynch comes back 
and stand side by side with Bianca. And then Becky, EO, and Dakota leave. So Becky Lynch is now a babyface. I say about damn time. Who was really booing Becky Lynch at this point? Not many people. No, because it's not easy to fucking boo her. Everybody loves Becky. You're not going to get people to boo her. You went through the whole spiel of getting her over as the man. You're not going to get anybody to change that opinion of her. They love her too much. So her going back to babyface is a big thing. So I'm happy as hell she's a babyface. Her aligning with Bianca is cool. I'm interested to see what the hell this Bailey Dakota EO stable thing is going to be like. And again, I'm interested to see who's going to join them. Is going to join Bianca and Becky to face the three of them in a six woman. Like. Oscar. Yes. Because just think right there. That's EO and Asuka in the same ring together. Yep. Just think if we got that as a one on one match. I'm going to die watching that. <laughs> and I mean that. I can't handle that. That's nuts. EO Shirai or EO Sky and Asuka. We are this close to having the two of them go one-on-one with each other. I do have a small nitpick, though. And that being? How much more does Raw need? I know. That's the part that disappoints me. SmackDown is so shallow. Yes. It needs people. And now you have put Bailey, Dakota, and EO on Raw. On, on a Raw women's division that has Asuka and Becky and Bianca and, and Alexa and Rhea. Like, it, like, I get it that SmackDown has Liv and Ronda and Natalia and fucking the robot and Natalia and Shayna. I don't, I know you guys forgot she existed. And Shotzi. Stop it! No one's gonna... Shotzi is never gonna do anything. That's <sighs> sad. Makes me sad. Raquel, Lacey... <sighs> Lacey. Fuck off. Lacey has more of a chance to do more do anything than fucking Shotzi does. That's sad. That is sad that you just said that. Why would you say true. that? <sighs> but, yeah, I oh, agree. But Shotzi that. gonna win on SmackDown, and then what happened? She got destroyed by Ronda. Which I kind of laughed at. I'm not going to lie. I laughed at it because of how random it was. You literally got that backstage segment of her and Liv doing this face-to-face photo op. And then you just get interrupted by Sonya Deville and Natalia. And Ronda's just like, I'm not going to be here for this shit. I'll see you later. And then she's just like, huh, I wonder what I can do. Oh, Shotzi didn't leave the ring? I'm just going to go beat up Shotzi because sure I am. And I'm just like, why did I chuckle at that? Why'd I laugh at that? Why'd that come off funny? Because it did. I don't know why it did, but it was funny. But that's crazy. Raw's got a stacked division now. That's nuts. Yeah. Like, SmackDown needs something, and I'm hoping that eventually whoever the fuck gets called up from NXT, if there even is going to be any fucking call-ups, are going to SmackDown. Which means Toxic Attraction, going to SmackDown. Yeah, they need it. If Saray gets called up, SmackDown. 
Zoe, yep, SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah. They're going to have... Indy, SmackDown. Katana and Caden, SmackDown, hopefully. Yeah. Like, they have a chance to stack that division, but they just got to fucking carefully pick who they're going to have to call up here. Mm-hmm. So, right off the bat, show started off great. I will say that, hands down. The right decision was to have the Raw Women's title start the show. Yep. They did great. Logan Paul versus The Miz was next. Again, got into this whole entire match just going, I don't give a fuck. Don't give a shit about Logan Paul. Don't give a shit about The Miz. Yes, Logan Paul was impressive at WrestleMania. But I don't give a fuck. Because I don't like Logan Paul as a person. I think he's an asshole. And I just don't like The Miz because he's boring as fuck. I think he's overrated. I don't get why people like him so much. I get why people like him so much, though. Because fucking, you know, you all just like Maurice. You all just like looking at Maurice, so that's why you like The Miz. We understand. But The Miz wrestles like he's afraid to fight. He wrestles like a puss. Like, this is why the no balls statement, tiny balls statement, fits The Miz. Because he wrestles like he's fucking afraid to fight. But we go into this match, and I'm just like, zero fucking interest. And in the end... It's WrestleMania all over again. Logan Paul fucking impresses the shit out of me. Again. Like... Absolutely just fucking... Outshines and outperforms his last appearance. Yeah. And I... What I said last night... After this match happened, I go... I don't like either one of these guys. But Logan Paul was impressive again... And The Miz was tolerable to watch. Like, he wasn't fucking, like, God, get him, hurry up and get him the hell off my TV. But he wasn't like, God, I can't wait to watch more Miz matches. It was like, yeah, it's a Miz match at this point. But then it was like, it was Logan Paul just stealing everything. He stole the spotlight. So it was just like, you got a little bit of focus on The Miz, then it was just like, just get, put on Logan, put it on Logan. Fuck that, get it off The Miz, like... And Logan just fucking took that and just looked amazing. Again. All over again. Again. That doesn't mean I'm going to hop on the fucking Logan Paul bandwagon. Absolutely not. But I will give the guy his props because he's fucking amazing in the ring. Like, and again, I hope we keep this whole, like, occasional appearance. Not, do not fucking constantly put him on television and have him stealing spots from people. Have him be, like, big pay-per-views like this, and constant, and just have matches there. And that's it. That's all I need. I don't need Logan Paul every week on my TV screen to be like, oh, I can't wait to see more Logan Paul. No. Keep him fucking, like, spaced out between his appearances, save it for the big pay-per-views, and go from there. So again... Show's just rolling along, and honestly, first two matches, show's looking great already. Yep. Now we kind of dip off a cliff. And I mean off a cliff. United States title match. Bobby Lashley defending against Theory. This match went four minutes and 45 seconds. This match felt like a waste. And I mean a waste. And it literally fucking shows you how much WWE fucking felt about the damn match. Because there was no build for this at all. Yep. 
They literally announced the rematch and then did nothing to build it. Nothing. They were too busy throwing Theory out there with Lesnar and Reigns and Heyman and the Usos and this and that. And here's a match with Drew and it's just like, that's nice and all, but where the hell's the build for this Lashley match? Why'd you even bother? Yep. What was the point of this rematch anymore? Lashley wins with the Hurt Lock. Cool, Lashley's still champion. And it was just like, everybody was speculating that if Theory wins this match, he's not successfully cashing in. But if he doesn't win this match, he has a chance to successfully cash in. I don't know what the hell was going on with this whole thing, but it was just like, I, I didn't really get the point of why this even happened. It was so quick, and it was just Lashley just... Like, yeah, Theory got some offense in, but the whole match was just kind of pointless because even WWE just made it feel like it was fucking nothing because they didn't build it. I feel like the match was so quick. It's because they wanted to make it seem like Theory had some sort of chance of cashing in. Because the longer the match go went, the less you believed Theory was going to cash. In my opinion, the longer the match went, the less you believed believe that theory was going to cash in. You want to know what's the bad thing about this? They've already done that to the point where I don't think anybody believes theory can actually successfully cash in at this point. Theory's been made to look like such a chump that I don't think they anybody believes he can cash it in successfully at this point. And that's the problem. Money in the bank people should never be looked that should never look that weak. To the point that you don't believe they're going to cash in. At all. Yeah. Let alone successfully. Like, Theory's been made to look like such a fucking weak money in the bank holder. That it's like, if he wins the title, how the fuck is that believable at this point? He's made to look like a chump all fucking time. Like, the whole entire time. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what he did later during the main event yeah. when we get to it. But so we start to, So, we start to decline here. With this, with the U.S. title match. We then follow it up with the Mysterios and Judgment Day in a no-disqualification tag match. Here's one problem with this match already. Why does this tag match have tags? It's a no-disqualification match. What fucking difference does it make if the illegal participant is in the ring and doesn't get out of the ring? You can't disqualify them! <laughs> Why is this fucking not immediately turned into a tornado tag? Would have made it a little better. Honestly, this match was just a match. It was just a thing. Like, they didn't even use the stipulation, barely. This One match, weapon got used. This match was only on the card, so Edge can come back. Mm-hmm. Like... They didn't even fucking get... They didn't even use the stipulation, barely. And other than that, it, I didn't fucking care. I don't care about Judgment Day anymore. It's dead. It's dead and over with. Just get rid of it at this point. I'm sorry. It's not working. It's not fucking working. It started to fucking downgrade. It started to feel, like, less exciting when Edge was leading it with the whole AJ thing, because it was literally the same thing every fucking time. So it started to decline. And then you went illogical 
by having Finn take out fucking Edge, which made no goddamn sense. And now it just doesn't feel the same. They literally have the same music that Edge freaking used for the group. And every time you come out there, do you look at that and go, oh, here comes Judgment Day, I can't wait to see Edge. You know how many people probably do that? Nobody looks at that fucking faction and goes, well, something's missing. Something, this looks right. No, something's missing there. It still feels like a shell of, it feels like a shell of itself. And at this point, it's dead. It's over with. It's over. Just fucking get rid of it at this point. Like, Finn and his stupid fucking discount leftover Brian Kendrick pants with his fucking purple silk fucking tackle football freaking bandana out his ass pocket. The spooky towel, that's what yeah, you call it. Yeah, the spooky towel. Like, it, it's it's done. It's over with. There's nothing left to save this. Like, this, like if they had won this match, I would have considered it maybe they're going to do something to try to revamp this. But they lost. They fucking lost. And now they're probably going to go into a feud with Edge. Finn's going to face Edge at Clash of the Castle, finally. Yep. Or, pro- or probably, I should say. And what, what are the odds Finn Balor is going to win? Zero. Exactly. So why does this still exist? Just get rid of the faction. And I'm also happy that Dom didn't turn. Because that's bullshit. If Dom turns, that's another tag team out the window. Plus, Dom joining Judgment Day does nothing for Dom. It also does nothing for Judgment Day. Yep. It's not going to fucking pique the fucking interest of people who to want to watch Judgment Day if Dominic Mysterio joins Judgment Day. Man, I can't wait. I've been fucking so desperately trying to see Judgment Day because Dominic Mysterio is freaking... Do you, do you just hear those words and just want to punch yourself in the throat right now for saying <laughs> it? Like, that's so bad. Dom has no enthusiasm when he talks. Do I really think he could cut a promo in Judgment Day and make it sound intimidating. Absolutely not. Like, Aaliyah on the Raw with fucking Ray's 20th anniversary when she confronts Rhea Ripley has no fucking enthusiasm. She's just like, get out of here. Like, what? <laughs> I'm so intimidated. Ray is probably shaking in her I'm your poppy fucking shirt. Like, the hell? Stupid. Like, I I don't give I didn't give a damn about this. Like I'm not into Judgment Day anymore, and I don't care. I I, I it's dead. It's done and over with. But now we got to keep it going because Edge is back. So now the Mysterios are going to be interjected with Edge, and we're probably going to either get a six man or a one on one at some point. I I do. I do have, like, a small bit of hope that, like, I I believe that if anybody could do it, Triple H could revitalize this group. Yeah, but this was the time to actually start the revitalization. But it doesn't look like they're even trying to fucking revitalize it, it. It wouldn't make sense to have Edge return and then have them still win. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't come off like they're trying to do anything to fix it. I don't know. Like, it just it, it just feels like it needs to go. Because it's not working anymore. I'm willing... Like, I, I'm in the same boat as you that 
Judgment Day does nothing for me, but I'm willing to give it, like, a little bit more of a chance to see if anything changes. That's what I'm saying. I, w I need them to give me something with it, because other than that, I'm just going to continuously say it's dead. Because this right here would have been an opportunity to do something with it, and they didn't even do it. So it's like, what fucking chance, what hopes can I get in here that anything else, that something's going to happen with it? I don't. I don't think anything's going to happen with it. It's going to be irrelevant. It's going to just be at the point where it's just there, and nobody's going to care. Nobody wants it anymore. Yeah. Like, I have seen a lot of people just go, this just doesn't work, this just doesn't do it anymore. Like, I've had people, I've seen people say it's dead. And it, because it is. It's literally dead. It's running on whatever little bit of freaking energy it has left. But it's going to be dead. It, it's dead. There's nothing. It doesn't have enough to keep itself going anymore. And you ruined it just by the fucking turn. The turn made no sense. Yeah. It just didn't fucking do it. It could have It could have worked. But you didn't make it. But it made no fucking sense. If Finn was just joining the group... If Finn just joined the group with no turn, this could have done something. But the minute you turned every bit of them on edge, you made it illogical and nobody gives a shit anymore. That's it. Next was Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Pat McAfee, before he came out, because Corbin came out first... Pat McAfee had a choir singing bum-ass Corbin. That is hysterical. I love it. It was great. Disappointing, though, Pat McAfee doesn't have Seven Nation Army anymore. He's got this fucking deaf rebel sounding fucking music now. Well, the, the thing is, it's like... I understand not wanting to have to pay for the copyright of Seven Nation Army, and and I get that Seven Nation Army was probably just his WrestleMania theme, and I know that you personally don't like his new theme. I don't. But I actually do because it's 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 one it's just one of those themes that is easily gonna get people to sing along with. Yeah. And you know any it this feels like a Triple H mandated theme song. Because you know all the theme songs that Triple H mandated when he was in fucking NXT. You had Sami Zayn, everyone was singing to that. Nakamura, everyone was singing to that. Uh Bobby, Bobby Roode, everyone was singing to that. Ty Dillinger, everyone was going along with that with the tens. If this fits Pat, I guess, but I, I don't really like it too much. It's not, it's not as cool. I don't, I don't, I don't really see people singing along to it. I don't know why. Well, this was like, they just debuted it on SmackDown. They debuted it on SmackDown, yeah. not even on TV. So uh. this was for the people that were not SmackDown. This was the first time they heard it. So I don't blame them for not singing along with it. But after a while, because they played the song for a while, a lot of people were getting into it. 
I'm not I'm not crazy for it. It's it'll take you it'll take time. You will get used to it. But uh, you said the same thing about FTR's theme. Yeah, I was crazy for that. And now it's starting to get to you. Yeah. We'll see though. But uh This match, honestly, it wasn't the cleanest. It, at all. It wasn't bad, but it was clearly Pat McAfee's worst match. It was great. Like, I thought it was great. Like, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. But it was definitely the sloppiest Pat McAfee match, though. Yeah, like, it, it was still a good match, but it was clearly Pat's worst. Yeah. Like, it was still enjoyable. Like, though. comparing it to against Adam Cole in War Games, against Theory, excluding the fucking match with Vince. Yeah. This was his worst. Yes. But it still... was great. great. It was still great, honestly, because it, it... The story they told. Yeah. They played into Pat and Corbin on the same football team. Like, Corbin constantly beating up McAfee just makes you want to see McAfee beat up Corbin. And one of the biggest part about, cop, or about this match was commentary. The fact that both people was cheering yes. for two different people. Yes. Just being completely one-sided. Corey Graves on commentary. Corey Graves full-blown all-in on fucking Happy Corbin and Michael Cole all-in on fucking Pat McAfee. Corbin, or, yeah, Corey Graves on commentary during a Pat McAfee match makes it better. Yeah. Because, I'm telling you, we need to get Pat versus Corey. In a one-on-one match. And let that be at Survivor Series. I am all in on it. Yep. The way they're building it up little bit by little bit and going, hey, you know, Corey doesn't seem to like Pat, and Pat doesn't really seem to like Corey. If anything, they should have started building it now. I mean, they kind of are a little bit. So if they end up having the match, they've been kind of building it. Because I mean, Corey they, and they Pat sh- just don't they get should have go. They should have went all in on it. They should have had, when Pat won the match and he came around, he was high-fiving every, everyone, and he got in Corey's face and he gave him the suck it. As soon as Pat turned around, Corey should have just fucking decked him one mm-hmm. and started the build there. Or, like, they're, they're in separate brands, so they're not always fucking together, mm-hmm. but then every time they would come in for a pay-per-view, they would have a brawl together, or, or like, they would get into, a, like, a, a bickering back and forth, like you would see, like, when uh, a certain match comes in, and SmackDown yeah. commentators have to come down, and mm-hmm. fucking they, like, swap back, and Corey Graves and Pat McAfee are fucking, fucking jaw-jacking with each other, and fucking then they get physical, and then they do that for fucking months and months and they then Adam Pierce gets tired and they make it for fucking Survivor Series. I just need to see the match. Just cause Corey, I want to see Corey wrestle and like, again. Corey Graves is fucking cleared to wrestle. It's almost become pointless. Have we forgotten that? It's become pointless that he went out there and got cleared. Like, literally. Nothing came out of that. He literally was just like, just so you know I'm cleared to wrestle. Okay, that's all I had to tell you. Like, nothing came out of that. Like, I, I get it that it's just like, oh, well, it's just an option. But it's like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I hope they capitalize on it. I hope we get McAfee versus Graves. Yeah. Because that'd be great. 
the two of them seem to have a lot of disdain for each other. So, let's do something with it. But yeah, the Corey rooting for fucking Corbin and Cole rooting for McAfee thing was great. And it's just like, Corbin has done a damn good job at making you hate him. That's why, again, I've always been 50-50 with Corbin. There's times I like him, and there's times I don't. And he's done a fantastic job during this whole build-up with Pat, making you want Pat to beat the shit out of him. Like, that's how good Baron Corbin has done. He's made you want Pat McAfee to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And that is perfect. But again, this wasn't the cleanest match. It's definitely Pat's worst but it was still really good. Like, it was great. I still enjoyed it, for the most part. Like, and that's really, I think, that all that really matters with it. He just, he still looked great, even if it was sloppy. It was like, and Corbin made him look good, even more. Like, Corbin did great. Corbin's been doing great. Like, I just kind of wish he dropped the happy gimmick and just go back to Lone Wolf. I want beat your ass, Corbin. Not, I struck it rich, Corbin. Like, it's not as interesting, really, to me. Yeah. We got, after this, the Usos defending the undisputed tag team titles against the Street Profits. Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. I want to hear your take on this first. Um... If we compare it to the Money in the Bank match, it wasn't even in the same stratosphere. Yep. It felt like this match didn't even pick up. It felt like this match didn't even reach a gear. It, it, it honestly felt like they were just getting it over with. And that's what sucks. Like, this match, honestly, under-delivered. This was a letdown, honestly. Like Massive letdown. Yeah, you went from their match at Money in the Bank, which, yes, I talked about it the night of Money in the Bank. The beginning half of their Money in the Bank match is incredibly slow. But when that shit picked up, the match was fucking off, was just freaking just blasted off. And it was amazing. It was an absolutely incredible match. How you follow up with this is quite possibly one of the biggest letdowns. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett sucks as a referee. I've never seen a referee, special guest or not, be so inconsistent on the speeds of his counts. Yep. And it's not even like he was favoring one team over the other. Both teams were getting variations of different speeds in the three counts. There was, like, two normal... There was, like, two counts that were normal speed. There was, like, a bunch of counts that were really slow. There was, like, fucking few fast counts. And I was just like, Jarrett sucks as a ref. He is so inconsistent. And I was like, Jeff, pick a fucking speed and count. Stop being like, I should count fast. This looks like I gotta count slow. This one I'll count normal. The next one I'll count normal. This one's gonna be slow. That one's gonna be fast. It's like, like every time he got done with a count, he's like, oh 
shit, I think that one is a little too slow. Let me speed it up. And then the next county is like, oh, God, I think that was a little too fast. And then he, I, I got to slow it down. And he's like, oh, shit, I, that one was too slow again. And then he does another one. He's like, oh, that one was great. I like the speed of that one. Let me go try to do that one again. And then he does it again. And he's like, okay, here we go. I'm getting the hang, hang of this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, that was, that was too fast. That was too fast, Jeff. This slow down. This is a letdown, big time. It gets even more of a letdown because the Usos retain. Like, this was the time to start the decline of of the bloodline. That's a fucking bar right there, too. Yeah. Now's the time to start the decline, and it, it's still going. The Usos retained. It's it's clear that they're they're doing the the decline all at once. Like, the, instead of doing a small crumble, they're just gonna do the entire fucking bloodline just collapsing at once. And there's only one big problem with it now, though. Who? Yeah, who? And I'm telling you, if they go Usos and New Day again, I hate this. Unfortunately, that's really your only option. And that's just a letdown, even more. Because you've turned so many teams heel or broken up teams as it is. That's like so shitty. Fucking Viking Raiders are a heel. Alpha Academy is a heel. You broke up the Dirty Dogs, who were a babyface for 17 seconds. I don't know if you remember Robert Roode, but he exists in your company. Uh, I, I mean, if... In the long run, you really want to keep, like, AJ and Dolph Ziggler as a tag team, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't know what's happening. This is what sucks. Your only babyface team is the New Day. And that sucks, because they lost, the Street Profits lost clean here. So you can't even give, there's no reason to justify a rematch. Yep. Nothing can justify a rematch. They lost clean. And that's bullshit. This is the part... If, if, if you were so dead set on having a rematch... Like, if you end up announcing a rematch between these two teams at Clash of the Castle... Give us a... You better fucking figure out a reason how to justify a rematch. Because yeah. you can't just say, give them a rematch when they just clearly lost clean. Unless they use, like, Jeff Jarrett's count speed being different every count as, like, a reason. And then they have, like, they just have, like, a match that doesn't involve a ref, like a ladder or a cage match. The one thing that also got me was, at the end of the match, Tez looked pissed. Understandably so. And all I kept saying was, let me guess, this is the turn. Let me guess, this is the turn. And I really really hope to God they don't turn. They cannot afford to lose another tag team. They can't. The problem with it is, is like, everyone knows it's bound to happen. It's, it's the inevitable. Montez Ford, as much as he wants to come, go on to social media and say that him and Dawkins have unfinished business. Him and Dawkins do not have unfinished business as a tag team. They have they are 
one of the very few tag teams that are the Grand Slam. They don't have anything else to do. They won the NXT, Raw, and SmackDown Tag Team titles. What else can you do? At the end of the day, these guys, probably in the near future, are going to split. That just sucks. And this unfortunately, by the seams of it, Montez is going to be turning on Dawkins. Yep. And I don't understand how that even, like, correlates. Because, like, m most of the time, it's the big guy turning on the small guy. This one's literally just... The turn's gonna happen because Tez has been the most disappointed and yeah. pissed off every time they lose. And it really it really weighs in because Dawkins took the pin for this one. And that just uh, I'm not a fan of it. I don't need another team breaking up. I don't care if they have any more fucking business as a team left. I'd rather the fucking division have some damn tag teams than lose another one at this point. Unless you're going to fucking call back unless you're going to bring back a shit ton of tag teams that got released, or you're going to call up a shit ton of tag teams in NXT, you can't afford to lose another tag team. And that's the problem as it is, because NXT in itself doesn't have many tag teams. No. They literally have Schism, and the Creeds, and Briggs and Jensen, and Pretty Deadly. Fucking Cruz and Joaquin. Yeah. Tony and Stacks, if you want to go there, like... Fucking Malik and Idris. And Idris, yeah. You, you technically have Carmelo and Trick. They're not a tag team. It could be a tag team. <laughs> no, we're not fucking relegating Carmelo Hayes to being a tag team. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, they, they have teams, but it's just... If you call them up, you're neutering NXT's tag division. So it's like, either way, somebody's suffering here. And it's just really shitty. Like, really shitty. And this is why I think... This is a prime reason why I think NXT UK should merge with NXT. At least it gets you a shit ton of tag teams... It gets you a shit ton of more people. And plus, those UK people deserve to be on TV. They're amazing. All, a lot of them are. They deserve to be on TV. Not trapped on the network where nobody fucking sees them. Put them on NXT, merge them together, and fucking have one huge NXT roster. Could you imagine at a quote-unquote takeover... Instead of waiting for if we're ever going to get another UK pay-per-view, <laughs> that the US gets to watch Tyler Bate versus Trent Seven, and as much as that's a different a disappointment that they broke them up, but imagine if the States got to see that shit. They deserve to be put on TV. That's why I'm saying, merge the two NXT divisions. Put them together. But keep the UK title. Keep that. 
You can keep that title. The tag team titles, they can go. Like, women's title, sure. Like, you can get rid of it too. Because if Mako Sadamore is about to win the fucking women's title, I'll do. I'll be all for it. Because good luck to anybody who's going to face her. You ain't winning that damn thing. Because you're going to have to go through the legit final boss, as they call her. So, I'm saying merge the divisions. Merge the two of them. Yes, it would probably say cut. Even if you want to, merge them as one division, but put them on both shows. Keep NXT UK and merge. Just merge them. Because that's kind of what you're doing anyway. You're putting a lot of the NXT US crew over on NXT UK anyway. So why not just bring it together as one huge NXT roster and just put it on two different shows? Something. It'll, it'll stack the tag divisions. It'll stack the women's division even more. The singles divisions get fucking stacked. Like, look at all the shit you could have there. Like... You could get Briggs and Jensen versus fucking Gallus. We could have Gallus versus the Creeds, for Christ's sake. Gallus versus the Creeds has me intrigued, if that ever happened. I'm disappointed that Mustache Mountain broke up. I wish we could have gotten Mustache Mountain versus the Creeds. That is bull. But literally, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, as a feud, is about to become Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be incredible. And I can feel it. But anyway, it just... It disappoints me. That they didn't pull the trigger on it. I, I, I don't need them going back to the Usos again. Like, yeah, we know those two teams put on fantastic matches. But how many times have we seen it? And how many times can you even be interested in it? When you've seen it so many times. It just sucks. It just feels like a missed opportunity here. And even if it's not the New Day, like, then who the hell is it? That's what I'm saying. That's it's so tough. It's not going to be the Mysterios. Like, the, the thing that's going to disappoint me and actually kind of piss me off is if they legitimately just give Street Profits a rematch and all it is is some kind of stupid stipulation where it's literally like, we'll break up if we freaking don't win the tag titles. Or we'll never have a shot at the tag team titles ever again if we don't win them. And be like, well, cool. Make it fucking generally obvious they're about to win the tag titles when you could have fucking pulled the trigger on them instead of waiting this goddamn long. It's like... A lot of people are starting to get really, like, turned off on the Bloodline stuff now. It's getting to that point. It's gone on long enough. Then, like, now is the time to start the decline, and you just missed that opportunity. And it really disappointed. Like, this match disappointed. And it's because of the... And mostly because of the shitty stipulation. Like, I don't care if it's fucking in Nashville, and you're like, We gotta have Jeff Jarrett on the show because... Nashville. I don't give a shit. Could have literally had any other stipulation besides a special guest referee. Anyway, we go from disappointing letdown to complete and utter bullshit. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan retains in just over four and a half minutes. 
in some fucking controversial bullshit fashion. Ronda pretty much decimated Liv in this match. And anytime Liv got any little bit of offense in, Ronda snuffed her out. In the end, Ronda put the armbar on, Liv stacked her up in a pin, and it literally looked like she pinned her. So I'm like, okay, so Liv beat her anyway. That's fine. Lo and behold, I hear Corey Graves say that she tapped out. And I go, no, you're not doing this. So we watch the replay, and we clearly see the pinfall attempt, but Liv taps out before the pinfall is finished. So now, but the referee made the count anyway. So now Ronda Rousey gets screwed. She snaps and starts beating up Liv, beating up freaking backstage personnel, beating up the referee. So literally all this was, was a heel turn for Ronda, and that's it. I'm pissed they went with this bullshit of this nonsense of, oh cool, let's make Liv Morgan look as weak as humanly possible. Because that's really all it did. It was just, let's turn Ronda heel, and we're going to make Liv Morgan look absolutely defenseless. On her first title defense. It's so stupid. I hated the fact that we went with this... Oh, she tapped out, but she also pinned her fucking thing. I fucking hate that. The the thing that pisses me off is like... Great, you're gonna put this fucking smudge... On her title run... Already. And of course, what do I get? I get fucking people on social media that go... Well... Liv Morgan isn't really an actual contender, is an actual, like, un, is not a believable, like, opponent for Ronda Rousey to beat Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, nobody in this fucking division is a believable ch- person to beat Ronda Rousey. But you have to fucking suspend your disbelief here. If legitimately everybody, if you literally go into this and go, nobody should be beating Ronda Rousey, then what the fuck's the point in the goddamn match anymore? Yeah, then what's the point of Ronda Rousey even being here? Right? If nobody nobody is on a believable level to beat her, then why is Ronda here? Exactly. This is literally nothing at this point. Like, Ronda's not doing anything of importance now. And it's like, I, I don't I didn't fucking understand it. This was really stupid. This is dumb. Everybody is behind Liv Morgan. You literally all you had to do was go into this match and make her look like an underdog. Have her get some fucking offense in instead of every time Ronda freaking snuffing it out. Making Liv look incredibly weak like she literally stood no chance. You didn't make her look like an underdog. You made her look like a jobber. That's bullshit. That's horseshit. Everybody is behind Liv. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Ronda Rousey. Like, the point is to make somebody else look like a believable opponent against Ronda Rousey. But if you go in there looking at it like, oh, nobody's a a believable opponent to beat Ronda, then there's nothing, then there's no fucking point to this anymore. And the sad thing is, I think Liv's losing this title. I think they're having a rematch at Clash of the Castle, and I think Ronda's winning the title back. I don't think so. I do, and I'm pissed. 
I will be pissed. I will be on this show pissed. If Liv Morgan loses this title this fucking soon and has done absolutely fucking nothing with it and loses this title, I will be on this show fucking ranting. This will be a fucking massive rant. Literally, the only thing I wanted this year, at the end of last year, the only thing I said that I mostly want to see is people, fucking brand new people, winning championships. Which means giving them some kind of fucking run. Not giving somebody a title and making them look incredibly fucking weak. It's nonsense. We've all been backing Liv Morgan, waiting for the day that she wins a fucking title, and it's like, well, now you literally just fucking proved that the only reason why Liv fucking won was because Ronda was at a disadvantage. And that's it. Instead of making Liv feel like she had a chance, you literally just said, you literally went, WWE literally went with the fucking... It's Ronda Rousey. Nobody's a believable a fucking opponent for Ronda Rousey. And that's bullshit. That's horseshit. We get to the main event. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Last man standing for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Again, went into this match with zero fucking care. It's a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. Like, it's, it, it doesn't make any fucking, like, why are we getting this again? Like, everybody was talking about, yeah, the clearly, the opponent for this match, for SummerSlam, was supposed to be Randy Orton. But instead, Randy got injured, we don't know when Randy's coming back, so we ended up getting Brock Lesnar again. Oh, joy. So I go into this match with zero fucking interest whatsoever, because it's Brock and Roman. Doesn't matter what the stipulation is you give us, it's the same fucking match every time. Every Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match has been the same. Superman punch here, Superman punch there, spear here, spear there, German suplex there, German, German suplex here, couple more F5s, and that's all the matches. Yep. Literally everything. Like, every match they've had leading up to this has been the same fucking match. So... Literally, they were touting this as the last as the last time these two will ever face off. So I'm like, okay, if by some fucking chance that this is actually the end here of these two, go all out. Literally, just go all out. Make it feel something big. Make it feel fucking special. Like, literally go all out. Do whatever at this fucking point. So, honestly, they did it. This match went all out. Yep. This legitimately ends up being the greatest match Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns has ever had. Has ever had and ever will have. Like, legitimately. This tops every match they've ever had right now. Yep. Fatal four ways and triple threats and singles matches... This fucking tops them all. This was outstanding. And I didn't think I was going to say those words. before the, at the, By the end of this show, I was saying those words. This was outstanding. Absolutely fucking carnage 
was this was this match. Carnage. And I loved it. Right off the bat, Brock Lesnar makes his entrance after Roman takes four and a half years to get to the ring. The first thing I said as soon as Roman made his way out, I go, it'll be next year by the time Roman Reigns gets to the ring. <laughs> of course, I get Bishop quote tweeting me and telling me, calling me Mr. I Hate Wrestling. And I'm just like, it's not my fault. Fucking, I was like, hey, listen, just because Roman beat The Undertaker doesn't mean Roman had to adopt the fucking I take forever to get to the ring fucking portion. Like, he doesn't. I don't need Roman taking nine days to get to a fucking ring. Like, it's ridiculous. Brock makes his entrance. He gets just maybe a couple inches down the ramp, stops and turns around, and proceeds to drive a fucking front-loader tractor down the ramp to ringside. Oh my god, shit's about to hit the fan already. Brock gets up, of course when he gets on the tractor, on top of the ramp, puts on a flannel shirt and his cowboy hat, drives the tractor all the way down, lifts the fucking bucket up, stands up on the bucket and cuts a promo quick, about how he's gonna beat Brock, uh, he's gonna beat Roman Reigns and next Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. We get quite possibly one of the greatest fucking moments ever, and most hysterical moment ever of Brock chucking a microphone, and Roman catching that motherfucker with zero fucking reaction whatsoever. Just the absolute ease. It looked just no fucking like urgency or effort whatsoever. Brock just chucked the mic towards him, and Roman just, bloop, just right out of Just put his air. hand out and just fucking caught it. It was nuts. Brock jumps off the fucking bucket to start the match. And now they're going all over the arena and tearing shit apart, like ripping tables out and putting each other through tables and just beating the shit out of each other. And then they finally get... Here's the fucking part right here. Like, I'm jumping to this because most of it, it was like a normal WWE last man standing match. And this even had freaking elements of their other matches. It was pretty much almost the same stuff after a while. Yeah. But then it picked up. Brock Lesnar, at one point, dropped the bucket on the tractor and put Roman Reigns in the bucket. Now I went, this shit better look fucking good, or else I'm going to be a little disappointed here. Sadly, it was very disappointing because it looked kind of blah. Yeah. He literally picks the bucket up and goes to dump Roman Reigns back in the ring, and it just looked so anticlimactic. I was like, well, you know, that could have been better. Like, but I got a chuckle out of it because it looked really stupid, but it looked, but it was fucking funny because it was just random as hell. Like, Brock Lesnar's at ringside with a tractor dumping Roman Reigns back in the ring. That's fucking hysterical. Now is where we start to get a little fucking crazy. When I mean all out, this fucking match went all out, and here's where it starts. Now, they, I, I can't even tell you how long these two have been going. They've probably been going about 10, maybe 15 minutes. I don't really know. 
at one point, Brock jumps back on the tractor and puts the front end loader part down and proceeds to push the ring. Like, just slide it across the fucking floor. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Michael Cole got fucking censored by fucking Peacock. He either said, Brock Lesnar's pushing the ring with a goddamn tractor, or he's pushing the ring with a godforsaken tractor. I think he said godforsaken, but they censored him. I was like, well, that is fucking lame that he got censored for that shit. Even if he said, goddamn tractor. Like, in that moment, are you really gonna censor the guy? That's a crazy-ass moment. Especially for damn. Well, you know why. You can't say the Lord's name in vain kind of shit, you know? Anyway. Brock pushes the ring. He then backs up. Turns it side, like, just like at a diagonal freaking angle. Gets the front end loader part under the ring and proceeds to lift the left side of the ring um, from Brock's angle. If Brock is looking at the ring, proceeds to jack up the left side of the ring with the front end fucking bucket. Roman tumbles out of the fucking ring. Brock stops the tractor and has legitimately got the ring hanging on the bucket and it's been and it just sits there the entire match rest of the match fucking insane Brock Lesnar in a tractor like I swore the guy was trying to flip the entire ring I thought he was I would have been fucking like unreal if he'd have flipped that whole ring over that would have been unreal. But just the sight of Brock Lesnar lifting up one side of the ring and just leaving it there. Tractor fucking arm up, holding the ring up on that side is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I I never would have imagined to see a ring at like a 45 degree angle. It was fucking nuts. They proceed to continue fighting on the floor. We get... Austin Theory. Wait, wait, wait. First, well, yeah, that's Before right. that... Paul Heyman... Is like... That is my tribal chief. You are doing... This is wrong. You should not be doing this. He goes, you want the titles? Here. Take the titles. And he's yeah, like, he puts them on Brock's shoulder. Cause, cause and Paul, like, was, Paul was basically like, he's just trying to support his family and put food on the table and provide for his family. At, if you want the titles so bad, here, take them. Take them. Are you happy now? Take them. We'll leave my tribal chief alone. And at one point, Heyman poked Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar F5'd Paul Heyman through the announce table. Paul Heyman took a bump and it was nuts. Not any not even any bump. An announce F5. table bump. Fucking nuts. Here's the part 
where we call Theory a fucking idiot. Austin Theory makes his way down as Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are both down on the ground. Okay, so Theory's kind of smart here. Take advantage of two men on the ground. Why the fuck not at this point? Theory makes his way down, gets to ringside, proceeds to do the right, to the smart thing, and whacks Roman Reigns with the briefcase. Okay, smart on Theory's part. Now Austin Theory looks like an idiot because he proceeds to, instead of turning around and hitting Brock Lesnar with the briefcase, turns around to the referee and says, I'm cashing this in. Yeah, just pretend Brock Lesnar doesn't fucking exist. Like, Brock Lesnar's not going to intervene on your fucking cash-in. Austin Theory legitimately forgot that there's two participants in a last-man-standing match. Austin Theory is an idiot. Like, I legitimately could not help but continuously call that man an idiot. Because literally, he was seconds away from getting an official cash-in and possibly winning both titles. But he made his own fucking mistake by not taking care of Brock Lesnar. You wonder why when I say Theory does not look like he's incomp like he's fucking incompetent. Like he he will not he looks like he will not cash this in. And who is going to believe it at this point when he cashes it in? Because he looks like a fucking chump. He just makes himself look stupid. If somebody else isn't making himself making him look stupid, he's making himself look stupid. It's pretty fucking bad. I, I was so, like, like I, I get, dumbfounded how dumb he was. I get that the like like the stereotype for Money in the Bank people is that as soon as you win that briefcase, you're basically never going to win anything until you cash in. I get that's the, the the stereotype and the stigma. But I didn't know that when you won Money in the Bank, you also became brain dead. It was I've so... never seen somebody come into a match midway, try to cash in Money in the Bank, and forget that there's two participants. Oh, and don't worry, Never. Theory wasn't the only one who looked like an idiot in this match, because you said Brock Lesnar looked like an idiot in this match. Oh, yeah, because the, the, the ending of the match, we have fucking Roman Reigns, he hits fucking uh, Brock Lesnar with the WWE title. Well, first he hit him with the briefcase, remember? Oh, yeah, he was fucking whacking him with fucking Theory's briefcase. He hit Theory with his own briefcase first. Then he's hitting him with the briefcase, Brock gets up. Michael Cole's freaking the fuck out because, oh my god, Brock Lesnar just got up. Yeah. Then Roman hits him with the WWE title. Brock Lesnar again gets up at nine. Paul, or fucking Michael Cole's still freaking out, calling him a fucking cyborg and yeah. shit like that. Michael Cole and Corey Graves were fucking incredible in commentary. They were nuts. Way. They were nuts. On this. This was... So, like I just said, Roman hits him with the WWE title. He gets up at nine. I get that they've been going on for, at this point, basically 20-plus minutes. Mm -hmm. Still, in your mind, if you're Brock Lesnar, 
and you know you're facing Roman Reigns, who has two title belts, if he hits you with one and you stand up, what fucking mindset are you going to stand up and go, man, I wonder what he's going to hit me with next, and not fucking anticipate it? Yeah. There's no way that you don't expect him to hit you with that second title. Yep. <laughs> and what happens? He hits him with the universal title, and then they stack a bunch of shit on top of it. And that's what kept Brock down. Yeah. Was a bunch of debris from the announce tables. A fucking, random box. Yeah. One of the fucking uh, one Samantha of the, Irvin's chair. Yeah, it was just... And that's what kept Lesnar down. Like, he looked like an idiot a little bit at the end, but my god... This match did what it needed to do. It did. Yeah, it, it, it was, delivered. It literally went all out. It literally did something. It literally had stuff that we've never seen before. Ever. It literally felt different than every other match they've had. And that's the best part about it. That was one of the main things about it. It is legitimately the greatest match these two have ever had and will ever have. Nothing. If these two, even if somehow, if the if this is actually the end, then this is the perfect way to end it. An all-out fucking last man standing match with some of the craziest shit you'll ever see. But if it's not the end, and they do somehow end up meeting up, no match will ever top this. Nothing. Not a single fucking match they ever have will top this. Like, this was... Absolutely outstanding. Overall, I honestly thought the show was great. It was. It was pretty good. Yeah. It. I don't know what it is, but right now, the big five pay-per-views have delivered. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania fucking nailed it. Money in the Bank nailed it. SummerSlam nailed it. We have two more to go. We just gotta see if Technically, Royal Rumble this year failed. Oh, yeah. Rumble this year was a fucking flop. Yeah. But let's hope that Rumble and Survivor Rumble next Series, year. Survivor Series coming up are, like, not fucking done. I mean, we got good I mean, we got some great news coming out of that for Survivor Series because Lashley wants to build a match with Gunther. Good. So... If you're going to tell me we're about to get Lashley versus Gunther, I am ready. My body is ready for this. Like, Absolutely. My God. So, I think that's it for us. Like, I I don't really have anything else that I can think of. Like, yeah, no. Like I said, we didn't have to bother with Raw and SmackDown. It was just go-home shows for Survivor SummerSlam. And SummerSlam, we got here. We, deli we thought it absolutely delivered. NXT was okay. It was a solid show. And then AEW was actually good. Yeah. It's just, again, they had their, their things that I wanted to pick apart on. Like, so, that's it for us, then, I would say. Mm -hmm. Find the show on almost every platform. Like I said, one of these days we'll get the Apple situation solved. Until then, find it on any other podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Justin Time 211. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Time 721. We'll be back next week 
and I mean next week, we aren't missing it this time, we are out of here.